0: We are soldiers, we are soldiers
2: Once again, for coming to Bard's Logic, political talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. We're going to have an exciting show tonight. Uh, Just so give us a call at 347-945-7428. I see some folks on the line already, so push the one on your number dial. When you're ready to come in, and welcome to our new time here on the show, which is at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. So we're checking out uh, that. Uh, so that's something different. Uh, and if you're new to the show, uh, check out the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.barslogicpoliticaltalk.com. There you can see uh, the list of our guests we've had throughout our time here and also you'll have our Bloomberg television as well as the Bards Logic newsroom check it out get some great articles on there uh and also uh we have uh our get involved page as well as others and where you can also contact me the host uh with the topics that you would like to hear uh PMB on the show so just uh send me that via the contact uh page so check it out again that's at www Bard's Logic Political Talk.com. Uh, There's also ways you can share uh, the show. you're listening to it now live or on the archives. and that is through the little Twitter button you can find on the front page or the home page of Bards Logic Political Talk just to go there and just push the little Twitter button and it will allow you to uh, tweet out tonight's show. As I said, whether you are doing it live, or whether you are doing it, listening it to the podcast. And that can uh really help us in uh sharing the show. And I guess I'll have to log it to my Twitter uh myself uh in order to do that. Oh, looks like uh, I'll have to change that one. Uh bear with me folks. It looks like the the new one that I put in somehow did not go through uh for tonight's show. Uh but uh by the time you hear this, if you're listening on the archive, I should have that fixed. Um, so just let me uh, – give me some time to do that. And I do see Kelly on the line. Kelly, we will uh, get you in shortly. Uh, but first, a little bit about tonight's show. Of course, I'm sure you're all aware by now about the emails that the, was leaked from, uh, from WikiLeaks to the DNC. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about where that came from. Some are even talking about, you know, the Russians and perhaps, you know, Donald Trump, Uh, or the the Russians want or is in with the the Russians or the Russians want Donald Trump uh, to be our president. Of course, that's the spin that the liberal media is discussing. And so we're going to talk about that and, and talk about what we think may be the most damaging of the DNC emails and discuss which one you think. Uh, is the most damaging one to the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign. And we're also going to discuss tonight why Senator Corker, uh, because there's been some talk about him possibly being Trump's pick for VP, and we're going to discuss why Senator Corker would not be a good pick for Trump's Secretary of State. Uh, We'll discuss that as well tonight. And so let's go ahead, and since we've got him on the line, Uh, Bring in Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
3: Hey, doing all right. Some exciting things going on, uh, or interesting, um, amusing, frustrating, weird. I don't know even how to describe it. Um, Got a text that somebody from the convention um, in Philly last night, and as you guys may have known, but it's not in the mainstream news. 300 delegates walked out. Um, and then they got uh, kicked out. I say walked out and kicked out. I mean, they they were protesting, and they just they stormed out, and then the DNC decided to not let them back in. I'm not sure if they got back in today or not, but uh, that's a little bit spooky because what happened? Well, what, in the text, um, I got from the person there, um, the uh, Bernie Sanders folks, had did an amazing thing in the grassroots movement to yield enough delegates to actually beat Hillary Clinton, however, wow. it was a super du- yeah, however, the super delegates, um, in the super delegate system had um, put Hillary over the top, and she
4: mm-hmm. you
3: know she, she called in and then she texted in, but they were very frustrated. Very, very frustrated, and more so frustrated because Bernie had pretty much conceded he didn't want to fight, he wanted to unify the party mm-hmm. um so yeah, they're really, really him for doing that a lot of them are Jill Stein's donations have went up a thousand percent since Bernie did that wow, um, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we managed to get other, her
2: on the show just to talk about that. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. So some other interesting things happened, which, if you've ever been to a, a state convention or a national convention, which I have, actually, in the Libertarian Party, um, there's certain tricks that the executive committee can pull. If They see something being a problem. Well, Hillary was to be, not Hillary, I'm sorry, that. The nomination vote or roll call was supposed to happen on Wednesday night. Bernie Sanders was going to speak on Tuesday night. Now, what happened? Well, Bernie Sanders spoke on Monday night. And then on Tuesday night, they took the roll call vote where they the delegates from every state. Well, why did they bump it up a day Well, we go back to 12? Why did they play a certain game like not – and the Republicans, why did they cancel Monday night?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, well, yeah, because it's there was some kind – remember,
2: yeah, yeah, for the Republicans, they said it was some kind of, like, hurricane in, that never
3: produced, right? Yeah, well, the Girl Scouts were still selling cookies. The hurricane was supposed to happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, but they they you But know, the that. Republicans in 12 – yeah, what they did is they canceled Monday night, and so the rules committee can meet and say, "Oh, you need an eight-state plurality." Well, Ron mm-hmm. Paul had it was either six or seven. You needed five, so they changed the rules to, from five to eight. So Ron Paul couldn't speak. Um, that's what that see these, these little trickeries at conventions. You, that when you see a red flag like that, you wonder what's going on. Well, I'm I'm suspicious about delegates talking. And Hillary uh, delegates getting converted over to Bernie Sanders delegates. Now, why would that happen? Well, it's not how the delegates talk. As as they talk to each other, um, say at breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then parties that sometimes go till two or three in the morning, um, delegates get swayed. So they had to stop that, so that Hillary didn't lose more delegates. But what was the problem? Well, there were mm-hmm. multiple problems, okay? Of course, there's in the background the indictment that, you know, some say it could still happen um, by a grand jury, and then Hillary's done. Um, the WikiLeaks thing, that was still pretty fresh, and some delegates probably didn't hear about it. And then the third thing that was happening were three reports that came in. And these reports indicated that Hillary stole the election from Bernie Sanders. All right. One was from Election Justice. It was like eighty some pages from people that filled an online check the box declaration. Of course that was going to law firms and other things. So eighty page report. Another one was by uh Summer Rose. He's a paralegal for um Cliff Harnebeck. And uh that was forty some pages. Um so that's that's a significant thing. what what does it say? the same as the first report from election justice. Basically, Hillary stole the primary. And a third one came in from Watch the Vote. This one was 35 pages exclusive to California. Of course, we've mentioned this before in a show, what was happening Well, you have uh, people showing up at the polls are not on the roster. Oh, provisional. Or they show up and they're vote by mail. Oh, provisional. They show up and they're not um, in the Democratic Party. Oh, let's go provisional. Well, it's a way to hack into the computers and wipe over a lot of votes. And that's why in California there was so many provisional ballots. Another thing that happened was uh, people were not getting the mail-in voters who wanted to be mail-in. Um, they never got the ballots. Or, again, they were flipped over to the NPP, and that was all sorts of trickery And you know, what's the vote? We've, we've collected um, 144 of these declarations confirming what we're hearing in different places. And so that, that went, so you've got these three reports, and, and then there's one more thing. Um, uh, so basically, you know, with the grand jury, the WikiLeaks, um, the indictment, oh, the lawsuits, yes, the lawsuits. The lawsuits
4: mm-hmm. that
3: have been filed are in many, many states. And when delegates are talking at convention, what you have to do is you have to somehow make sure they don't talk too long because you don't want them to convert too many Hillary delegates to Bernie delegates. And so that was an interesting thing. So they couldn't have the vote Wednesday. They had to have an emergency on Tuesday. And another thing happened, okay? They have, the Democrats have the system of... uh, Super volunteers. Super volunteers, that get to go into the convention, and they're like runners and messengers of, you know, things going on outside and what have you, and helping delegates with this and that, what have you. Well, the Hillary super volunteers, you know, they got credentialed, they got to go in. The Bernie Sanders super delegates, there was around 700 of them. They wouldn't let them in. Oh, they let, let them into the convention facility, but not into the, Building where all the hubbub was happening, they were locking them out. Isn't isn't this bizarre? It was that close, folks. It was that close that Bernie Sanders could have actually won. And but no, No, oh yeah, it was damn close. Yeah, it was the King Makers or Queen Makers now dealing their thing, Mm -hmm. the establishment. Um. I, I i was I was very upset when I heard about this that the will of the American people is not being respected here, and so no, it, was, it was but, yeah, it was like mind blowing hearing this stuff from the inside and then Robert um, people were looking for this in the mainstream media, about the three hundred delegates walked out, and the the super volunteers were not were not allowed in, nope not in the mainstream media. Well not not yet anyway. But it is, isn't this all just mind blowing? it's I can't
2: I, I it is, but I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> I mean it's it's unbelievable. I, I, what's mind blowing is it's finally coming to light. Yeah, you know, I tell well I think I think after this political season, uh elections may very well be very different. In four years than they are now. I mean, we got emails being hacked, and we've got unprecedented amount of people voting for someone who's never been uh, a candidate or a politician before. Uh, it's just amazing. Now I just hope we can uh, get more out about the voting machines and things of that nature. I know uh, Jim, which need uh, you talk to him, tell him to ask him to call me when asking about something. Uh, so that, you know, it started to come out, but I think there's, you know, more people who are who are starting to wake up and, and things are starting to, you know, come out about how corrupt things are. Uh, what amazes me, though, is people who are actually would be surprised about it.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, we in our Watchable Weekly Conference call was last night, a guy called up from San Diego. You know, Jim, I didn't want to do it because the convention's on, but Jim's, like, persistent, so we had it anyway. A guy called from San Diego. In that county, they had purged over 120,000 voters. San Diego County, that's the second largest county in California. 120,000 plus people, and that was from the Secretary of State's rolls. It's like, like, well, some people die. and, this, and I said, no, 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 no. We've had a healthy increase in population, and somebody did a voter registration drive. It's like set a record in California. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, all these people are disappearing off the voter rolls. And it's just like, whoa, Um, he, he was upset. Of course, in our conference calls, we've had a lot of, you know, lots of votes had a lot of Bernie Sanders folks, and they seem like really decent people, and they're getting disenfranchised. It's terrible what, you know, somebody just hacking on a computer, they're removing them so they can't vote or they're flipping the parties. I mean, I've told you some specifics on one of the other shows. But what in the world I just where, where is this heading? Um, one of one of the fundamental keystones in a representative government is high voter turnout. And if people are being disenfranchised, we're going to have low voter turnout. Like, it just it's just frustrating. Yeah,
2: I mean, we can have a, be having a candidate uh, Bernie Sanders right now instead of Hillary Clinton. But I mean, it was always going to be Hillary Clinton, but. The the way that – this is very reminiscent. Now, I'm not saying the Republicans use the same tactics. I think some of the tactics were the same of what they did uh, to Ron Paul and Newt Gingrich in 2012. Uh, But, I mean, this is just downright. And then the the, the emails, and I know, you know, at least what I've heard, and I've read some of the emails where, you know, it's obvious, or at least uh, alluded to, that they were wanting, you know, Hillary Clinton. And there was even uh, one of the emails – uh, that states something about uh, a mole working inside the Sanders campaign. And uh, one of the links I have here uh, on the description of the show, um, you know, that gives a, is a link to one of the emails. uh This is an email from May of this year, uh, the one that they put on a WikiLeaks starts. It says, uh, that is crazy. Let me know if you need me to call her uh, since from my iPhone. And I guess we're talking about somebody named Kay because uh, it says, I literally just got off the phone with Kay, and she again said she doesn't know how many people are going to attend the counter event, who's actually going to Skype in, speak, order, etc. It Seems her knowledge of the counter event was based on Facebook Intel. And it says uh, she said the event is be, uh, being posted under others' names as well, blah, 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 blah. And so let's see uh, where that link is where they said so many, you know, on the inside, actually. Now, it's interesting. It's the leak that um,
3: the leak that was on WikiLeaks, and, oh, yeah. and I'm well, trying to well,
2: find where that's at. Well,
3: well, while you're looking for that, um, Debbie Watchman Schultz, she's the um, DNC chair, national chair. The Wiki she League was, yeah. She was, yeah. Brought forth that she um, was totally biased for Hillary Clinton. One of her emails said, "Bernie Sanders will never be president, or will never be the nominee." I mean, so much for neutrality. Um, dozens of these where they oppose uh, Bernie Sanders. I mean, this is just yuck. What? It's it's disgusting. Um, you know, I'm a libertarian, not a Democrat, but still, um, the will of the American people needs to be respected instead of the kingmakers and the hackers doing whatever they want. It, it's mind blowing, and of course. Debbie Watchman-Schultz just happens to have an honorary position in, now in the Hillary Clinton uh, presidential campaign. And it's like, come on. And then there was a, um, a senator, I can't remember what her name is, um, and I slipped, slipped my tongue right now, but she was supposed to introduce uh, Clinton, and she, and she refused, so they kicked her out. <laughs> I just, you know, she had a change of heart. She went with her principles instead of the party, and they didn't want the any convention anymore. So it's pretty frightening, um, all, this, all the games going on. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
3: In California, we had participants in our online declaration with 25 counties. We had 58, a lot of rural counties, that not much cheating going on. But 80, 84% of them, they're um, in comments, they were so frustrated. 90% of them, there's two questions of trust you trust the California election system. Ninety percent of them said they did not. Hmm. Um well it's it's yeah.
2: <laughs> you know yeah, I'm sure, I'm just test uh testing the links here that I've got for uh that I put on the page. I'm gonna to have to check this. I don't know if something got changed or someone is messing around with these links uh or what. Uh, the the links I have here just do not uh Seems to work I'm gonna have to I'm gonna Check those out Later Uh I'm gonna have to Check those out At some point I don't know So my mess up the change the links or, or what But We'll
3: get to the Bottom yeah. of it Well what's Interesting is that the California Delegates Had went for Uh Bernie Um Although he did Get quite a bit Because by district Here Um But without the Cheating I don't know If they could, if, if Uh Hillary I doubt if Hillary could have Won Um and other interesting things were happening from the conference calls. One person reported in that, well, of course, many people reported in that many people that were thrown off the voting roster. A lot of people doubted their vote would ever count. But they also noted that Zucker, Zuckerberg with Facebook was in on uh, with Clinton and gave um, many, many, many a million uh, in support of Hillary. Well, Sanders' folks were indicating that Facebook uh, they were slapping child porn. On Bernie Sanders uh, supporters' sites, they uh, oh, gee. when Bernie Sanders folks, were, yeah, that's a real ugly one. When when uh, Sanders folks were posting for Bernie Sanders, uh, their posts wouldn't appear or got blocked or got removed. Um, the the Bernie Sanders folks were uh, uh, constantly blocked. It, it, it was like, but, you know, showing up with something about Hillary, that, that goes like crazy. But we're hearing also all throughout the state, it's like they look around in their towns. They might see one or two Hillary Clinton bumper stickers. They might find one or two. One or two. It's like, you know, Santa Cruz, San Diego, even here in Tissue County. Like, I, I I, think I might have seen one Hillary Clinton bumper sticker. I didn't know maybe that was from 2008. But, you know, where are the bumper stickers? Where are the yard signs? Where are there any other signs? Where's something, something, anything? And but Bernie Sanders uh, um, um, pro- promotional material is like everywhere, and other people are—they um, just can't find Hillary Clinton voters in California. It's—it's it's just mind blowing.
2: Okay, we, I'm checking those. Uh those links, so I'm going to have to make sure that those are still, you know, those are good. Um, that'll be interesting to, to see. Because uh, the one I was, tra- you know, I was trying to pull up uh, was the one about the, there being a mole. Um, so let me check that out here. Let's see. Apologize for that. Just, I just want to make sure that the the links that I got out here uh, for people are, are going to be the right ones when they want to access it. Interesting. Yeah, folks, I'm gonna have to check that out. I don't know what's going on with that.
3: Well, uh, yeah, we can let somebody else talk. Okay. On. There's That's a few cool.
2: of, them working, of them are working. Few of them are out to out to work on those for uh, for the podcast. Oh, and I got somebody from. Uh, welcome, Carolyn. Says I saw a Bernie bumper sticker sticker in Colorado. Yeah, I tell you what, there's still going to be people uh, voting for him. Yeah, I got to see what's going on with these uh, with these links. Uh, I'll fix them for the podcast. I guess that kind of stuff happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were talking about how you know there's somebody in, in the Bernie Sanders camp.
3: Yeah, a lot of Bernie folk felt so talked down to and treated like a child by the Hillary folk. It's Mm -hmm. really, um, you know, that happened with uh, the Ron Paul folk in in 12, where, you know, the the BS line was, um, the baloney line was, well, you Ron Paulers, we don't like you. It's only Ron that can be Obama. Who said so? Oh,
2: he was the worst candidate.
3: We knew it. Yeah. Well, actually, Bernie Sanders. We knew on this show. Yeah, Bernie Sanders has a better chance a chance of beating Trump than Hillary does. There's other polls and and such, and it, it's pretty mind blowing. Is this why? Is voter suppression? Why the, the poor treatment of delegates, particularly younger younger folk? Um, it, it's just maybe maybe it's American politics as usual, and it's time to go to a third party. I don't know. I'm a libertarian well, you yeah, know, I was listening to.
2: It. Yeah, I, know, I get. Yeah, well, I had. Uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, here's the. Yeah, I guess I do have the right link because I had to scroll down longer. It says this is from May twelfth, two thousand sixteen. Uh, it says there's no way Kate doesn't have someone who can get her in, uh, intel. We need to push them. But there is somebody who said I thought it said somewhere. About somebody being on the inside here. Let's see. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to double check on, on one of the links I've got here. Uh, I apologize, folks. I'll have to. I'll definitely have to check that out. Make sure that's that's accurate. But the one that kind of jumped out to me uh, is the one about money laundering. Did you hear the one about you? Because I told about Bernie Sanders was talking about you know possible money laundering. Did you hear anything about that Kelly?
3: Who was
5: laundering money? Who was? Uh, well, talk about uh the
2: the victory fund uh for the campaign here. Here's what I'm what I'm referring to. And this is a, an email. Uh nothing just could possibly be one of misunderstanding. Uh there's uh This one was on May the 3rd, 2016. It says, Eric, I want to share something with you that is probably going to make you angry, but then I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something about it. For months, you've heard the Clinton campaign endlessly repeat in interviews and on social media that they have raised millions and millions of dollars for state parties through something called the Hillary Victory Fund. They've even used it as an attack line to insinuate Bernie wasn't willing to help down-ballot Democrats. Well, yesterday morning, thanks to political investigation, we found out that less than 1% of the $61 million raised by the Victory Fund has stayed in the state party coffers. And, indeed, the majority of the money spent by the Victory Fund has gone to benefit Hillary Clinton's primary campaign against this. The piece said uh, some state party fundraisers believe they're basically acting as a money laundering conduits. Now, whether they're actual money laundering, but they're saying, like, uh, there's more, but first let me get to the part where you can take action. And then it just, you know, talks about, um, some you know, some kind of bringing money and things of that nature. Um, Let's see if I can scroll down here and find more. So, yeah, I mean, so they were looked into for, uh, you know, money laundering uh there as well. And I think uh someone just sent me a message earlier today that the IRS are now uh investigating something with the the Clinton campaign. Is there uh anything on
3: that? I haven't heard about that. Um, yeah. the Clinton I,
2: Foundation, the IRS is gonna be now who knows? I mean you've had other things that have gone uh you know, you know, they've been investigated for but we haven't gotten it, you know. <laughs> it hasn't seen anything to fruition, you know what I mean? I mean, you got, um, you know, you have on one hand, uh, you have Trey Gowdy, which I can't believe people are actually talking about Trey Gowdy being the uh, attorney general. Or did he drop the ball when it came to Benghazi report, saying that he found no fault with her for that? I mean, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, folks, on that. Uh, But then, you know, first he picks Pence Or he didn't, but he picked Pence And then there's talk about Trey Gowdy And then for Secretary of State There's talk about Corker, which we're going to talk about later Um, But, you know, so we've got those two things Where nothing came up Now if the IRS investigates the Clinton Here's what I think I think the IRS is going to investigate the Clinton uh, Foundation And then then come back and say Oh, we didn't find anything Because they're going to try to put They probably think see that coming down the pike for people to be talking about, and they're probably going to want to nip that in the bud to make it look like everything's okay with that, so that that can be, you know, a non-subject for the
3: campaign. Well, I've heard uh, Roger Stone reporting, he used to be the campaign advisors for Trump, that a number of, um, I think it was him, or, oh, Stone's reports everywhere, and again, about this Clinton Foundation or this foundation, whatever, for the Clinton and such and such, And the money just doesn't really go to the um, you know, only a small percentage goes to the actual campaign or the foundation purpose. They're scooping off the top. And uh, so the IRS is doing this thing. Uh, It's about time. And then Trey Gowdy I can't remember who commented that he's not really, I think the congressman commented that he's not really doing a good job. He's doing a, make it look like it's a good job. Um, What's strange about um <laughs> Congress is that Congress has decided to write a, a statute that allows for a preliminary investigation. Preliminary investigation by whom? Well the Justice Department. Who's the Justice Department? Well it's not in the Constitution. It is um Johnny come lately, eighteen seventy. So they do a preliminary investigation authorized by Congress and then they can come out and say, Well we're just not going to get this in front of the grand jury. Oh really? So, you know, it, it is a method that allows uh, the president to direct the attorney general and the FBI to not go after corrupt congressmen in either party. <laughs> it, it's the real interesting, and it placates people, yet in, I believe it's 28 U.S.C., you know, the United States Codes, the Congress can actually call, call for independent prosecution when the attorney general refuses, except a little caveat here that, once Congress calls for it, and it's very easy, um, the majority party can call for it itself. It's not both parties in agreement, but the majority can, uh, party can in and and either the House or the Senate can call for it. Well, then what happens is then the attorney general goes to a judge to request an independent counsel. It's like, wait a minute. We're back to the attorney general again, picking who the prosecutor is going to be. <laughs> it's like, what in the world? It's so upside down. And you begin to wonder why. Why uh, the federal government is so corrupt, and we have a what is it, eighteen or twelve percent approval rate in Congress? It's it, it's just mind blowing that you know the kingmakers and the establishment have made up rules to protect themselves. Of course, you have stockholder syndrome, congressman. If you've heard of Stockholm <laughs> syndrome, yeah, Stockholm syndrome, where um, you know the kidnapped victim defends the kidnapper. Well, you know, these congressmen go to Congress, and it's like, woohoo, I'm for everyday people, and the little guy, and and they get switched because they get stocks, and the stocks are from bills they're going to pass for a corporation, and it's known as stockholder syndrome. I made that up, by the way. But, you know, it's – what's going on? Why can't we have an honest election for a representative government that reflects the will of the people? Well,
4: well, I think
2: that you know. Well, well, I think that, and and you mentioned this earlier, uh, you know, tonight about third parties, and and you know how you know. My thoughts on that. We've we've interviewed a lot of different third party folks on uh, the show. um, Is that you know now we've got. All this coming out about the Democrats, You makes you wonder if things are eventually going to come out about the Republicans. And I think if that does happen, which it may not this year because I think things are really starting to move towards Trump's way. I mean, he's an outsider. I mean, I wouldn't there, there's many times I wouldn't even consider him uh, a Republican to be honest. And so I, I think that you know if, if more corruption gets exposed, you know, for the two parties. I mean, now you got the Democrats, and as you said earlier. Now Jill Stein uh, got you know thousands of more uh, you know donors, more, yeah. you know Bernie Sanders donors. After that, after what you know with Hillary Clinton, and who knows maybe the the, the Green Party. I, I know when you know states like uh, Oregon, you know they're they're starting to spread. Uh, they might make more you know more leeway, and then maybe something for the Libertarian Party. You know a lot of folks who are considering voting for uh, Gary Johnson. Uh, and so he, he may actually be close to 15% or what I'm understanding to get there. Um, I'd like to hear more, uh, and then, you know, with the constitution party, unfortunately I haven't heard much of that. Um, so maybe we'll be able to, uh, hear more on that. Um, and so,
3: yeah, well, Jill Oh uh, okay. Well, it looks
2: geez. like speaking of that, speaking of that, it looks like we have, uh, Randy Stubblebeam in the chat. Uh, he's been having some Skype going on, but, uh, if you like to call in Randy at three four nine seven seven I'm just giving ooh man, I almost gave my my personal uh, phone on the air. <laughs> no, 945 7428 Oh boy, I might have to change my phone number after that. Um people start figuring out and giving me a call who <laughs> don't particularly like me or the show.
4: Um Well that's
2: assuming, and so Robert, you know, who knows maybe
3: maybe that's assuming uh people do want to call you personally. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah,
2: that's that's true. That right. might have been kind of presumptuous of me. Um,
6: yeah,
3: well, no, I'm, I'm
6: But, tra- but, but stranger
2: it. things have
3: happened. Yeah. Well, well yeah, I want to talk some things about Jill Stein that uh, uh, she's got my attention. Um, she made it clear to Bernie Sanders, he look, if you want to go third party, I'll step down as the president of the Green Party and become the VP, so you can come and fill the presidential slot and run third party. Now, what what was that
4: like?
3: Jill Stein made it clear to Bernie Sanders. You know, Jill Stein is obviously the presidential candidate for the Green Party. She told uh, Bernie Sanders basically, I'll step down as VP if you want to come in and fill the presidential slot in the Green Party and run third party.
2: Oh, wow. Then she'd step down and be the VP person.
3: Yeah she's stepping down for president what it tells me an awful lot of character of her she's willing to wow yeah I, that, that's got my attention
2: yeah I got my yeah, I've got mine too that's incredible uh, she's been uh their candidate for for some time um, and so yeah that would be that would be interesting i mean i I wanted to get her on the show in two thousand and twelve, but never did uh maybe get doing that uh you know, get her in on you know, the next couple of weeks. But, of course, we're going to be covering this. But, you know, with the news of the emails coming out, um, you know, of course, well, that's going to take center stage for, you know, for, for at least a couple of weeks <laughs> until, until something else. So, supposedly, there might even be more coming out, uh, but, but we'll see.
3: Well, can you, can you see why they had to bump the nomination vote, the roll call from Wednesday to Tuesday? Can you see why? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, as you put it stunning as you, as you put it sometimes stunning. So, but, but is it of any surprise? Um, and you're right, they did, they did bump it. Um, and as I said, it's very reminiscent of what happened to Ron Paul in 2012.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's good news in all this is in 12, uh, the more um, liberty-minded folks, the Ron Paul folk, Gingrich, others in the right, they learned about um, election fraud and the games played. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, one perspective, one part of the spectrum, political spectrum, learning about election fraud in 12. This time, um, the left is learning, you know, the progressives. The, that's what Bernie Sanders is, you know, progressive revolution. But what's happening there is the left is learning about election fraud. So you're having a huge Mm -hmm. huge part of the spectrum learning that, hey, something ain't right here, Uh, or in redneck terms, that don't make no sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a bizarro world now. Some people are going to rip on Bernie Sanders. Well, you know, he was – he had such integrity until he blew it endorsing Hillary. Well, maybe, just maybe, folks.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, he. There's a lot of people ticked off at of him for endorsing Hillary. I mean, it's, you know, here's the thing. People are lambasting on Cruz for not endorsing, uh, not endorsing uh, Trump. But I tell you what, I get more respect for him. I know Trump people are going to hate me for saying this. Think about it, folks. At least the guy stuck to his principles. I mean, Bernie Sanders, he isn't. I mean, d- did I expect, you know, Cruz to to endorse Donald Trump? No, nah, I thought there was a possibility, but I mean, I didn't think so. And then when he didn't do it, people are like, "Oh my God, he's a traitor! He's a traitor!" It's like, no, the guy stuck to his principle. Now he did. You now, while well, you know, on the flip side, he did pledge to support whoever the nominee is. You know. And while he didn't endorse him, I mean, he didn't really throw support around him either, so – but, you know, you got to say the guy stuck to his principles. And then you got, you know, the Democrat, which I've said for years, and you've heard me say this, they they don't have any qualms
3: about that. They have no principles. If, if, If Cruz has principles, then why did he sign that pledge and break it? To support the Republican, Party. Well, that's what I, that,
2: thats why I said. On the other hand, he did break the pledge, you know. So, you know, he kind of—you know—here's the thing with with Cruz, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword for him, you know. If he if he kept the pledge, if he kept the pledge, you know, he's going against, you know, you know, all the stuff he said. I mean, and here's why I can kind of see that. I mean, I didn't make any pledges, but in 2012, you know, people wanted me to, you know, support Romney, and, and we all know I didn't. I mean, because I said, you know, I can't rail on the guy for months and months and months and then say, you know what, you know, because he's a Republican nominee, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to stand behind him. I mean, I can't do that. I mean, that's not very principled. I, I just don't see how these candidates who are, who blast on each other, I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, you know, they, they blast on each other during these things. It's like, instead of saying how bad the other person is, tell them how you would be different as president as they would be. Instead of blasting them, because once you start blasting like that, how can you turn around and save face and then support them? I mean, yeah, there was there was a pledge, but but still, I mean, I think the pledge was kind of. Here's the thing: the, the pledge was more meant for Donald Trump to not run third party than it was for the other ca- candidates to support him. And that's of course because people thought there's no way Donald Trump was going to win the the nomination, which we see that he did.
3: But yeah, um, it's. I think you nailed it right there. The Republicans, um, the repugnant ones, I'm sorry, the Republicans uh, had to control Trump. (laughs) That's why they did the pledge. Now, over to Bernie Sanders, like I said, yeah, a lot of people are frustrated on the surface, but Sanders may have done this strategically. I mean, Sanders isn't stupid. He may have done this strategically uh, by endorsing Hillary, okay, He may have done this knowing that down the road because – that she could be indicted. And so if he's now go along to get along, play along, and all of a sudden Hillary is exposed again, um, she might step down, and boom, he then becomes the uh, Democratic
2: You really think Hillary Clinton's going to (laughs) step? I'm sorry, my friend, but I don't know if anybody – you know.
3: Well, I will tell you, you know, in my studies of the grand jury, when somebody is indicted during an election season, they're toast. I mean, T-O-I-S-T, as in burnt, as in scorched, as in throw it in the trash kind of toast. So he might have some insider information. And so if he goes along to get along and then she's booted, you know, this is an if-then kind of a thing, Um, he'll, he'll, again, be the nominee and as weird as this political season has been in both parties um it, it's not going to surprise me
0: <laughs> it's just
3: you know i'm still scratching my head um you know we invented the computer the telephone the telegraph the uh, put a man on the moon and we can't get candidates that people like you know except for people really like bernie but i can't i don't get it i don't i don't get um why <laughs> this is happening. It's the hate. It's the hate vote. When's the last time you remember voting for somebody uh, in the general election you really really liked? It's well, I don't. Uh, well, uh, uh, people would say, well, I hate Gore. For well, I first, well,
2: I Well, I like. I I did vote for Bush. You know, Bush the second. I did like him uh, when he when he first ran. I mean, the, the first time he ran, and, and frankly, even the second time, I, you know, he ran, I liked Bush. Um, I liked Perot when I voted for him. I liked uh, Virgil Goode when I voted for him because I I don't vote a party. I vote my conscience. So I voted for the person oh, yeah. who uh, and, and great. You know, I mean, I so you know I felt good about the people that I voted for. I I, I I've never held my nose and voted for somebody. <laughs> I've never done that. I just voted for the person who uh, I wanted to uh, you know want to win. And I, I see we got. Uh, Susan on the line, and she uh, wants to chime in. Um, but first, uh, Susan, because I'm get a little bit late on this, let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journalist Network.
5: You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJ Net invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle.
2: And, of course, uh, definitely check out the Patriot Journalist Network at www.patriotjournalist.com. And uh, we have uh, Carolyn in the chat asking, us. we think, that Hillary would have supported Bernie if he won the election, you know, in the primary. And I would say, yes, she would, because she would want to use that in order to ensure herself a seat uh, at his table, probably as a cabinet member or something of that nature. And uh, other folks who are on the line, if you want to push the one on your number dial, I will get you into the show. Uh, So let's go ahead, because I see a, a number of other folks on the line. Uh, so let's go ahead um, and welcome Susan. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you? Hi,
1: I'm fine. Well, I got something to read you. My daughter put it. And she's not political, and she wrote that. I'm not political. Everyone knows that. I don't vote. And most likely never will, which many judge me for. I do have respect for this man. And it shows a picture of Bernie Sanders. I can't say I agree with everything he said, but I respect he truly loves mankind and wanted what was best for the USA. He treated all walks of life with fairness and love. I don't know if he's a star or got bullied out. <clears throat> but I do know I can take his compassion for human life and carry that out in my personal life in a world full of judgmental hate we need more people like him. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I agree with her on that. I think whether you agree with his socialism or not, I think he genuinely genuinely cares about people, even if it's the wrong way that he goes about it, like free college and this and that. I don't think he's doing it to destroy the country. I think he genuinely likes the human race and, and loves people. He didn't do it to destroy his country. He just, he just believes that way, and he's misguided. I grant you. But underneath this whole picture and everything, this Corey Williams, who's an independent Bernie supporter, said, this picture breaks my heart, because he, he was crying the other night, uh, Sanders was. This is a man who has fought for us and took on the entire establishment and they him up and spit him out. He was blackmailed into giving his endorsement of Hillary. Given the choice of endorsing her and still hopefully having some clout within the administration to continue fighting for us or stay face with his followers and lose seats in all of his Senate committees, which Hillary made sure Senate and House Democrats voted against every piece of legislation he ever tried to pass. Knowing he would be called a traitor and a sellout, he did what he thought gave him the best chance to continue fighting for us. And while he hate his endorsement, I respect him for doing it. Bernie Sanders is an amazing, great man, and Hillary is a effing <laughs> Clinton can't take that away from him. If any of my fellow burners have a bad word to say about him, delete me because I will fight this man to the day I die, the same as he does for us. And I believe he was. I believe he was threatened. I believe he was uh, told he would lose seats. Uh, shoot, well, that's what Boehner and Paul. Well, Boehner was more famous for it when they let a, let a thing get him and said they didn't want Obamacare. He took away seats from the others. So, if he would do it, what makes you think Hillary didn't threaten him? Because I believe she did. I think she threatened him. I think she bullied him. And, you know, he was cheated. I certainly believe that. California, everywhere else, even if some say he wasn't, he was. They did it to Ron Paul. Why not do it on the other side of the aisle to Bernie Sanders? I believe he did. Hillary is capable of anything, anything, folks. There's too many dead bodies that tell the tale. Oh, that's it. So wow. we do have,
2: wow. and speaking of what we were discussing earlier, maybe even to, uh, to your point, uh, True point, Susan is, And I got a note here that uh, Unfortunately, our friend Cindy will not be joining us Tonight, I was really wanting her to come on I wanted to get her uh, Her thoughts on Corker And this could be in the second part Of our discussion tonight Is Corker as the uh, Possible Secretary of, uh, Secretary of State uh, For Trump I got some, some articles and things of that nature uh, About him And so we'll We'll uh, we will be covering that i really want to get her thoughts uh, on corker uh, perhaps we'll be talking more about it that you know there's been some talk about him as i said possibly having a secretary of uh, state position uh, so we'll we're going to talk about that in the probably the second half of the show uh but we do have uh uh randy on the line and uh, we may be have uh from the constitution party I may have some questions for him just about the the election, uh, where the third parties stand now, and if uh, because of all the co- controversies and you know all the controversies and corruption that we are seeing uh, that are being exposed, uh, that perhaps uh, he thinks that this will open up the way, open up the door to uh, third party candidates, uh, if not nationally, at least on the the local level, uh, whereas uh, on a post that uh, I seen tonight from uh, Christina Tobin from Free and Equal is stating, you know, that you know local elections are important too. I know we don't spend a lot of time on local local elections here. Uh, it's probably because it's a national show, <laughs> so that's probably why we don't we we don't talk that much. So uh, Randy, if you want to answer any of those questions, uh, just push the one-number dial and uh, I'll re-ask them, and uh, we'll get in. We'll get your take on on that. Because uh, it'd be great to hear from you. Because we haven't, uh, haven't spoke for a while, and so uh, we are about nine minutes to the top of the hour, and so we're still got a, you know about forty minutes left on these emails, and so uh, since I want to hear more uh, of your thoughts, uh, did you get a chance to read any uh, of the emails? And if so, which one do you think would be the most damaging uh, to the Clinton campaign, or the DNC, if, if any? Unless you think
4: it won't.
1: Mm- are you talking to me, Susan? Oh, uh, I, I uh, know. I haven't had a chance. I, I haven't had a chance to read any of it. But I know they're they're bad. But you know, unless you have people, judges, you have congressmen who have balls to stand up for whatever. You know, it, nothing's going to happen. I, I, I. I just, the only thing I can hope is that people won't vote for her. That's all thing I can hope. I know some Bernie people hate her But I don't know if it has to do with that Or just her attitude I don't know for sure But she's lying about everything And if she promised Bernie anything I I don't even know that she was telling the truth on that You know I really don't So I just know what happened When Clinton uh, Bill was to be uh, They were going after him They went and blackmailed Just about every congressman in some way, or made it up, and I believe they would do the same thing here, and there's probably plenty to blackmail most all of them with, except for Rand Paul. I mean, that was the same way with Ron Paul. Even with Helen Chenoweth, um, they uh, made up that she had an affair. They'll make up the, uh, stuff. They'll uh, spy on you. They'll do whatever they can to find things on you or, or, or make it up or do something. Uh, so I don't know, but she's capable of threatening or doing anything. So um, I don't, I haven't, no, I haven't read, I haven't had anything that came to me that showed the exact email. I I don't know why, but I, don't, I maybe it's somewhere on Facebook that I haven't seen.
2: Yeah, it was actually I spent a lot of time on Facebook for a couple of days, and and I've got uh, you know some links and things of that nature. People can look some of them up. Uh, But let's go ahead and um, we'll bring bring you back in, Kelly. But let's go ahead and welcome our good friend Randy Stufflebean from the Constitution Party. Uh, Thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
5: Well, good evening, Robert. It has been a while, my good friend.
2: Yes, it has. It's been been too long. Uh, I just uh, give you a little you know update on what's going on. I uh, as you probably know, uh, Virgil was at the Republican convention. He was uh, one of their Virginia – it was a Virginia delegation uh, there, and I got the opportunity to see him – was it last week? Gosh, I can't believe it's – or it was the week before that, actually. Man, I I was on a a vacation finally, and I took a stop from D.C. to get to Florida, but I took a stop through Roanoke and had lunch with them. So it was was great to see Virgil for – yeah, you know, for at least for a little bit, uh headlines with them. So, uh that, that was uh that was great. Uh but yeah, let's go ahead and and bring it back to the questions I was asking earlier. We we talked bit, you know about these emails uh, and how they can damage the DNC and, and Hillary Clinton and and I might even be opening things more for uh Trump. But do you also think that, you know, all this different corruption uh that's coming out, uh, you know, voter fraud, you know, they're talking about things of that nature. Do you think this opens uh, the way you know, some more for the you know, third parties, and namely the Constitution Party.
5: Well, a couple of things there, Robert. Uh, first of all, um, you know, we are we are right now, and I and I know that all third parties are, by and large, uh, really attracting a, a huge surge of people who are completely dissatisfied with what's going on. Um, you know, unlike. Before, and, and you got to know, I've been involved with the Constitution Party since uh, 2004, so uh, a little over, actually a little over tw- uh, 12 years now, and, uh, you know, I've seen where people are like, hey, third party. Remember when Sarah Palin was starting to rattle the change? Hey, I'm going to go do a third party, and, uh, you know, we've heard these rattlings over and over, and even Trump, you know, I'm going to start a third party, and, you know, all this other garbage. And, uh, you know, in the past, it's been little, little more than just saber-rattling, you know, just rattle the chains, you know, to try to get some attention, but really nothing more than that to any form of seriousness. Um, I will say that right now it's, a, it's, a, it's been significantly different than in the past. Um, I think people – are truly waking up to the fact that there is a problem. I've been talking about the situation for years that, you know, people have just had their heads buried in the sand so deep, it's like they're buried up to their waist head first, you know, and um, which is just kind of exposing a, a lot of the uh, other parts that uh, are... <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go there. So anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was tempting, but the you know the the point is that people are getting their heads out, but because you know they've been so steeped in the uh, idea that a third party can't win and you're going to waste your vote and all these other stuff, there's still a wondering as what what they can do and and how they can get involved and how they can change. You know, the whole system, as and I think you've known, I've been, uh, you mentioned uh, Christina Tobin, and I've been a part of the uh, Free and Equal organization for years because I absolutely believe, not just that the Constitution Party should be involved, but that there should be a multi-party system because of the controlling factors, and I'm not going to go all into that, but most of us probably on this call and listening, your listeners, Robert, probably are of the folks that understand uh, who are exerting the control on the two-party system and all of that. And if we were to have a multi-party system, it would certainly make those controls much more difficult. In fact, you know, in 2010, when I ran for the U.S. Senate, the Republican Party, and I can take you to the money because it was spent through their uh, general counsel, John Fogarty, uh, oh, nearly a quarter of a million dollars to keep me off the ballot, and here I am, a nobody from Nowersville that mm-hmm. virtually nobody knows. That they're going to spend that kind of money because they feel threatened and don't want the uh, the competition. So I mean, it just goes to show you how how powerful the, and how much you know how serious they are of keeping it the two party system. So I say all that to say that you know. Uh, Bernie Sanders. uh, And one thing I, you know, I really disagree with uh, is the idea that Donald Trump is an outsider. Donald Trump is a, you know, got himself into the Republican Party, and I guarantee you, you know, that anybody who plays within the two-party system is a part of the system. They are not outsiders. And if they are outsiders, it doesn't take them so long that they become the insiders. And all you have to do is go back to the uh, Tea Party darlings of 2010, all those who said, I will stand for the Constitution when all others fail. Uh, probably most of you recognize names like um, Alan West. And, um, oh, I can't think of her name, the uh, the, the female. You recognize Hallie. her name. Who's, who's that?
2: I said Nikki Haley. Uh,
5: No, not her, uh, but the one who became a congressman and um, actually uh, became a citizen of another country as well. I can't think of her name. Boy, I can see her face. (laughs) But uh, the, the point is that without exception, I could go down every single one of them. Alan West voted for the National Defense Authorization of 2012. Despite the unconstitutional tenets That existed within that Awful, awful abhorrent Piece of legislation And so um, The idea and the fact I've had Good friends that I I know Their heart was in the right place But when they got involved They got sucked up into the machinery And so I've never seen Anybody that got into the Two-party system that wasn't Sucked in to the machinery And so I think You know, it's really important for people to understand that because then you start to get a grasp uh, of why Hillary Clinton has been able to get by with all of these things that you and Mm -hmm. I would have been put in prison and disappeared, uh, you know, and and never heard from again. And um, it's because of the controls. I mean, I've got and I've read a lot of books about, uh, you know, the Clintons and the trail of blood that follows them, and all of these things, and how every single time that they have been accused of high crimes and and misdemeanors, you know, um, they somehow have escaped. And I'm telling you, the escape has required uh, influence of such huge and powerful uh, proportions People just don't really understand the landscape that is American politics. And so uh, that's kind of what, you know, the position I come from is you, all of the things, Clinton, Trump, Bernie Sanders, and, uh, and Cruz and all the rest of them, uh, they're, every single one of them, they try to say, well, I'm an outsider. I'm No, you're inside. And the only true outsiders are those that are working to try to develop this multi-party system with the Green Party, the Libertarians, and the Constitutional Party, and, you know, some of the other much more minor influences.
2: Well, you know, I've said this before in other shows, uh, other programs, is that, you know, I think that, you know, one thing that the Republican uh, debates have showed us is that you can't have five people up on a debate stage and still have a sensitive debate. Uh, you know, I still think that's something that, you know, could be a possibility uh, for, uh, for that as well, you know, for, you know, the the other three constitution party, uh green party and the libertarian party. I, mean, I really wish I'd start opening uh, that up and they sh- it can work. I don't know why they say, you know, that they can't, but they, but they do. Um, I see that you know that they can work. And real quick question: uh, Well, I got you on the line. Are you guys still doing the? Uh, well, let's see here. Uh, thank you, Susan. I got that post again on Facebook. I'll look at it when I when I have a shot a chance. Uh, now, are you guys still going to be doing that uh, United We Stand festival? Do you guys have that this year?
5: Uh, I don't know the answer to that question. But, by the way, you having asked that question, by the way, are you aware that uh, there is a ballot access effort to get uh, Darrow Castle on the ballot in Ohio?
2: No, 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 unfortunately I was not aware of that.
5: Yeah, um, it, it's actually, as an independent, because of the uh, laws as an independent. that uh, were re- changed, uh, They they cannot do so as a, quote, unquote, third party. But uh, they Probably. are still, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been some egregious law changes that have taken place uh, across the nation, but uh, specifically there in Ohio that almost prevents a third party from being able to do anything. And so there, there is an effort to t- at least try to get them on the ballot uh, as an independent.
2: But that's ridiculous because I know in 2012 Jude was on the, on the ballot for the Constitution yep. Party.
5: Yep, yep. I mean, you
2: were the Constitution but Party candidate. Just uh, so in just, uh, some states, is he uh, going to be co- the in so- Wow. The so, the in so-, so in some changed. states, so in some ahead, states, Robert, is he going sorry. to be the Constitution Party candidate, In some states, he's going to be the independent candidate?
5: Um. Yes, that that's going to be a true Ooh. statement. Um, and the reason is is to get Daryl Castle at least now. It seems a little disconnected, but uh, what they're looking for is um, electoral votes. How many many states can Darrell get on, uh, you know, for the electoral votes? Because it's the electoral votes that will elect the president, not the quote-unquote necessarily the party and that sort of thing. So uh, the idea is getting him in enough states on enough ballots that he can legitimately win uh the electoral you know if the left electoral votes that he could theoretically win the presidency.
2: Hmm. Okay, so it's not necessarily uh electoral votes attached to the party but attached to the person.
5: Yes, yes, because okay. th- there there's such a thing as unfaithful I, I think that's the appropriate term, unfaithful elector who, you know, may have been a Republican still vote for a uh a person from another party.
2: Interesting. Well, I tell you, yeah, I tell you what uh now is Don Schrader, uh she's still the uh yes, the state chair for Chairman. Ohio for the Constitution Party.
5: Yep, he sure is.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll have to check my My contacts I don't know if I Because I had to Unfortunately, I had to delete a lot of stuff off. Well not delete I had to do a reset On my phone And and delete a lot of uh, A lot of phone numbers So I'll have to double check To make sure I have him uh, Still as a contact
5: I'll send you my uh, Phone number uh, Just in case And you can And I'll private message you My phone number And email So if you don't uh, Contact me And I'll get it to you
3: Hey Randy oh, is really Kelly great. here. Hey, hey, Randy this hey, is Kelly.
5: Kelly here. How oh, you man. doing? Can, can you hear me? Yes, I
3: can hear you. Yeah, I got a question for you. Um, you know, of course, I'm a third party libertarian, and your Constitution Party. I have a question. Okay, this is: Have you ever noticed that in the primary, rate uh, in the in the general election? The media always says, oh, it's a close race. It's a close race. Is it going to be the R or the D? Is it going to be blue or is it going to be red? Oh, it's a close race. Do you, do you ever notice how much they, they, they preach that?
5: I'm sorry. I didn't catch all of that. They said what?
3: How the media makes the Republicans and Democrats look like it's always a close race. You ever notice that?
5: Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there's certainly – and, of course, when I got into the Constitution Party 12 years ago, the mantra was media blackout, media blackout. And to some degree that is true, that they won't, you know, run the numbers, they won't expose other people and that sort of stuff. Um, It's certainly a part of what I understand to be the control that controls the the two major parties – you know, I've got what's interesting on my website, Constitutionally Correct, uh, the uh, 45 Communist Goals, and goal number 15 is the takeover of uh, one or both of the major parties. Now, the only uh, dispute that I have with it is not necessarily the quote unquote Communists, it's the global elites, those who are in control, those who have control over our Federal Reserve, those eight banking cartels, you know, that. Uh, only three of which are even of u- any u s interest that control the american uh economy and all of that, so it, it's those controls that are exerted to make sure that they have their their powers in play, and that's why we face such a a huge uh upward cliff proportional battle that we uh we have in front of us so yeah of course the 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 media you know it's just like uh pro life you know you uh, in 2006, the Illinois right to life wouldn't recognize me as a pro-life candidate. Why? Because they were afraid to lose their Republican uh, contributors. And if they, you know, endorsed me, there would be some Republicans who would have left the organization. So, you know, then you've got to say, are they really pro-life or are they about the money? And uh, so, you know, money, money is powerful. And you can see
3: that There was a point yeah, you to... why I asked the question
4: <clears throat>
3: Is because well, I think it was 2002 I'm trying to remember when But anyway uh, 2004 where I I went third party And uh, I've noticed That they're always saying the media Oh it's a close race between The Republican and the Democrat If they always pitch the it's a close race third parties don't have a chance. If all of a sudden something you know Hillary gets indicted and Bernie's not put in place quick enough, all you're gonna have basically is some um Democrat that's gonna come up but nobody's heard about him so they don't have a chance. But if if um that's when third parties are gonna emerge. if, if Hillary gets indicted um, and Trump is like it's going to be an absolute landslide People are going to pour like crazy into other parties You see the difference? It's a close race that keeps people out of third parties If it's slanted to an R or a D, Then the third party start emerging It's a media trick That's what I'm trying to tell you
5: Yeah, no, I understand exactly And I, I, I don't disagree with that at all They will use, you know, all trickery within their power To try to Uh, Maintain the power that they have, regardless of the truth. And I think some, to some degree, some people are waking up to that fact, but certainly not enough.
2: Yeah. Well, Well, another trick they did. Speaking of other things, go ahead, ahead, Colin.
3: Well, another trick they did in California is um, before the race, was it, I think, the day before the California primary, they announced in the major news media. Oh, AP is uh, predicting Hillary Clinton to be the winner of California. Yay. And then the night of the race, well, it looks like Hillary Clinton won California. And then three days later, Alex Padilla, the Secretary of State, confessed that two and a half million votes had not even been counted yet. Two and a half million votes had not been counted. That's larger than some states like North Dakota. (laughs) Around the population of Iowa <laughs> It's like So you know The media has got to be in on it It's just so bizarre Well speaking of that uh,
2: You know Hillary Clinton's problems with these uh, The emails Benghazi now the DNC emails uh, And I'm trying to watch that Video uh, that you sent me Susan about possibility And I've, I've seen this a second place On uh, Facebook uh, or, you know, or someplace about the possibility of Hillary Clinton's health not being that great. And what I'm referring to is uh, the possible seizures are saying that some are saying they have. I'm trying to find the, I'm trying to open up the video, but the damn thing is, uh, it just keeps spinning and spinning. I can't seem to get it.
5: Hey, Robert, by the way, uh, it says that you have logged out on the uh, blog talk. I was trying to send you that message.
2: Oh, did that I that I logged out? Oh wow, yeah, yep. I've seen that. Huh. Let me go ahead and let's see, let me I'm reloading the page here and see if we can get that. Yeah, and um
4: and maybe, so I'm trying Laura, to open that you up. Can...
2: Maybe, well maybe she's gonna have Debbie Watchman Schultz uh take her place. Uh because it looks like that she picked her up the the head something in her campaign. <laughs> Did you hear about that? No, I
3: haven't,
2: yet. That, that, yeah. Yeah, Hillary Clinton's actually uh Yeah, the Hillary Clinton has actually uh, picked Blossom and Schultz uh to to be a part of her campaign after she steps down oh, from yeah, uh
1: being the DNC that. chair. I didn't see that.
2: I mean, how can you get – how can you have so much corruption surrounding you and feel like you could still win? I, I just don't get it.
5: Well, Robert, i got to tell you, you know, that's – you know, all of the corruption and all the things that are going on, none of that, zero, none of that surprises me. I've, I've seen it just for way too long, and I've, you know, taken a look at the history of these United States – to see the absolute abhorrent corruption that's been prevalent, you know, since the inception of this country. And, um, you know, the only difference is our founding fathers had enough scruples that they were able and and strong enough back then to fight it. Um, But, you know, so none of that surprises me. The only thing that surprises me is the level of support every Trump (laughs) and Clinton and Sanders, especially Sanders, it, it just boggles the mind at the level of support that they have had from, you know, uh, the American citizen. I've seen Bernie Sanders uh, bumper stickers. I'm like, how is it possible anybody who calls themselves American could ever support somebody who calls himself a socialist? I mean, it wasn't even, you know, uh A secret. It was overtly out there. I'm a socialist, and so you know, none of the corruption, all that stuff, disturbs me. What disturbs me is the level of support that every single one of these candidates have gotten from American citizens. Now, you know, of course, they're going to make it like Kelly's. You know, alluded to that that the corrupt media is, you know, creating things that just for the, you know, it's just not true, and, and certainly there's a tremendous level of Americans that just are absolutely not engaged because they no longer have hope in the political system. You know, those numbers aren't being, you know, touted whatsoever, and, uh, but, you know, just the fact that there was so much support, that's the thing that boggles my mind.
2: Well, what's bothering my mind right well, now I, is how I, terrible this video is. Uh, so, <laughs>
3: I, I, it cannot, no, I cannot I, get I wanna, this
2: video on either one of these computers together. Go ahead.
3: Well, Randy, I want to go ahead and answer that question, okay? Go ahead. Because, you know, I, I've wanted that for a little bit too. I'm not a fan of socialism. Um, but the um, – <clears throat> okay. It's hate. It's back to hate again. Why do we have the left and right keep getting the presidency because of the hate vote? Well, uh, I hate Bush. I'm voting for Gore. You know, blah, blah, blah. All, it's just, it's just, I don't have to say anymore. But it's the hate of corporations and corporate lobbyists. Um, you know, the founding fathers were very upset with the East Indian Trading Company the, doing the corporate thing to the king. And finally, you know, in 76, we said we're done. So – that's one of the problems. That, that's a huge attractive piece of Bernie Sanders is that he wants to go after the corporations. He doesn't like Goldman Sachs. Um, you know, if the Republicans would stop sleeping with the corporations, uh, of course both parties do it, but uh, Republicans right. If the Republicans would stop sleeping with the corporations, if they would uh, go to a doctor and overcome their psychological illness known as stockholders syndrome, then people would shift over towards the Republicans and away from socialism. That's, that's why so many quote unquote progressives like the idea of progressive ideology. And I mean, this is kind of a stunning point, and Robert might be shocked when I say this, but if I was put in a corner and said, look, would you, uh, you have two choices corporate socialism, you know, bank bailouts, um, you know, too big to fail crap. If you have a choice between corporate uh, socialism or individual socialism, I'll say, what I'll take, you know, since I'm in the corner, I have no choice. I'm going to take individual socialism because people are just going to hang out around the house, not do much, know, fine, whatever, or might try to improve their lives better down the road. But, but the corporate uh, schmucks keep trying to get more and more power and more control. Um, so I can see why people would go for somebody like Bernie Sanders. You know, yeah, he's got some good ideas, Yeah, You know, the idea of free college education is a good idea. Um, Bill Stein wants to get rid of college debt, um, but it's a, it's more of an anti corporation position that attracts so many people. Um, Abraham Lincoln warned us about <clears throat> the corporate takeover. It's letter letter from Elkins. Elkins I'm sorry, a letter to Elkins where uh, Lincoln warned that I'm concerned for our uh, my country. Um, corporations have been enthroned, and eventually down the road they will uh, essentially take over the country. This is, I think, in 1864 or 1865. You know, Lincoln was the first Republican, and he wrote that letter to Elkins. It's it's more anti-corporation than it is for, for uh, progressive socialism ideas. I think that's where, that's why there's, you know, that's what's behind the scene. Does this make sense?
5: I, you know, I don't disagree with that because there were so, absolutely some of the specific things that Bernie was touting that I'm like, yeah, I'm for that. So, you know, that it's not hard to conceive that more people, you know, were kind of, uh, yeah, I get that position.
1: Yeah, yeah he's against the TPP.
2: It says yeah. that was a freaky video. I finally got a chance to see that. I don't oh, know, okay. Some people like, is she was just being goofy or? I don't know, man. That was pretty freaky looking. One of the videos worked, but I saw I that I, I think there was only one video that worked. There was one that looks like it could have been a video, but I guess not. Um, yeah, it was just an 11-second clip. Well, if clip, she's but...
1: making it up or being goofy, that. Uh, you know, she had that. What was it? Is it a tumor, or what? She fell into her head, or had a clot, or something. I'm not yeah. sure she doesn't have. Mm. We want someone like that, e- even if she did some things right. We, you know, I'm just wondering if, if did, don't they have to pass a physical or get tested or something before they become president or anything?
4: Mm,
1: yeah,
2: I don't think it's a prerequisite now. No, I don't think so, you know.
1: Well, if she goes into seizures or has problems like that when she's talking to other world leaders, (laughs) it's going to be a mess. (laughs) Mm hmm So, I don't know. I wouldn't want someone like that running my country. I mean, I'm impressed with Ron Paul's uh, physical, you know, at his age. You know, they talked about it, but, you know. He challenged them to a bike ride in the heat in uh, Newton Hall, and they said like, and no, yeah, we're going to, uh, no. Uh, and I think he could have beat them. In your age, you know, if if you keep yourself in shape, you can be better off than someone younger than you. So, and Ron Paul definitely, I mean, I couldn't ride that many miles in the Texas heat on a bicycle. I thought I could even ride I have uh, bursitis in their one knee real bad, and uh, it hurts, and, you know, so I can't even probably ride, you know, turn the, you know, pedal, and that, it it would be painful. Uh, I could walk, but I couldn't do that, so I believe he is in shape, and I believe they should try to, you know, we know JFK had physical problems, but that was due to other things, but his... His mind um, was, I think, a good, very good, and it didn't affect him. He took some pain pills, yes, I believe. But um,
6: on an overall
1: scale, I do think if, if something like that is going on, I don't want someone like that running, running the country or being ahead of it. No. Mm-mm. She can mess things up. Who knows how it's affected her in other ways. I don't think it's caused her to murder anybody. I think that's just how she is. But the weird thing she said and laughed a few times, like you said you don't like her laugh and everything, uh, it's probably getting worse if if this is what's going on. She's probably getting worse. Don't trust it. I Don't trust her physically or mentally, either one.
2: Yeah, that was uh that was a, that was an odd video. I mean if she's trying to goof around, she can move her head uh a little bit. <laughs> really weird. So uh yeah, just let me know, uh let's see. Oh, I almost was thinking out loud. <laughs> so anyway, my gosh, we're almost uh halfway through the show already. Uh so what we'll do is uh just Take a few moments uh, for a shameless uh, plug for the website at www.BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com. And one of the pages uh, to check out there is our relatively new uh, Bards Logic newsroom. And we got some great articles on there. Uh, The top article is 13 Important Elements to Look for in Every Staged Shooting Address uh, Event. That's uh, one of the articles. Uh, we also have uh, uh, Sheriff David Clark by message for America's black community. It's time to leave the Democrat party. Uh, we also have uh, some other articles on there. So uh, check it out. Uh, we also have a uh, Clinton campaign article that uh, from the Washington Examiner, uh, Clinton campaign braces for more DNC link, uh, links. Uh, so also uh, Keeps going down and uh, says, the New DNC chair sends libs to meltdown with uh, one email. <laughs> so, definitely got the, the good, uh, some good good articles there. Uh, so, check it out on the Bard's Logic newsroom page at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, uh, so, definitely check it out. And also, we've got another article that says, British churches on terror alert, UK cliffs. Police issue a drastic warning, of course, that is in response to uh, the priest that was beheaded uh, there over in France, which it's if people don't think that we're still that the Crusades have never ended or they've at least restarted, and we are indeed still having the uh, clash of civilizations. Uh, I don't know what they uh I don't know what else they need to to be convincing. Now, I do see some other folks on the line, so when you're ready to chime in, uh, just push the one on the number dial, and we'll get you into the show. Now, the second half of the show, I mean, we could still talk about, you know, the corruption and the email, things of that nature, uh, but also the second part of the show, uh, so there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Corker, uh, and I got that, Susan, uh, Corker being the VP pick, uh, not VP pick, gosh, I'm digressing, the... Uh, Secretary of State Actually for uh, Trump and one of the Things I want to uh, let uh, People know is that On the Liberty I guess this is on Conservative Review uh, His Liberty score was like a 45 Now are you familiar With uh, With that Uh, Kelly with the Conservative Review The the scoreboard or the Liberty Scorecard are you familiar with that
3: is that forty five out of fifty
2: or forty five out of a hundred? No, that's forty five percent out of a hundred. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah, he scored a, I mean he scored a forty five percent uh out of a hundred. Um and let's see. Yeah, which is an F. And and this and it gives you uh, his liberty score. Uh it says here, uh if I can keep this pop ups from coming up. Cow, I don't know why these keep see I'm trying to get in and it keeps on giving me pop ups and it's really starting to annoy me it says uh on the budget spending department he's uh his conservative votes is thirty nine percent and let's see if he's gonna be want to be secretary of state uh you know it has uh civil li was civil liberties forty percent is was is where he's at okay according you know to the conservative review. And let's see, foreign policy and defense, well, he's a little better. He's at 55% for foreign policy and defense. I mean, you know, if you're going to be Secretary of State, you want to say that you're you're picking conservatives uh, to be in your cabinet, you know, just a few of those things alone, and I've got other articles uh, we can read, um, you know, definitely does not have him. Uh, you know as a conservative So good enough to be sec- You know enough to be Secretary of State
3: What do you think on that Kelly Well first question uh, Who <laughs> Secretary of <laughs> State who, <laughs> uh, again, who? Yeah, yeah Corker cool.
2: Senator Bob Corker from Tennessee
3: Okay well yeah That's, that's what I My friend said that That uh, Um, Trump picked Pence. Who? Pence. Who? The governor of
2: Indiana. We just had had a 605. I was getting ready to uh, get you into the show. getting ready to do some call screening here uh, for area code 615. Uh, Just give us a call uh, back, and we'll get you into the show. Uh, But let's go ahead and get Gene in, and then we'll we'll talk more about uh, about Corker. Let's go ahead and uh, bring in Gene. Thank you very much, Gene, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
6: I'm uh, doing okay. How about you, Robert?
2: And, well, I'm doing pretty
6: good. Just uh, discussing
2: Cork. I have this thing. It's driving me nuts. I'm trying to, to to get these scores, and then just keep these pop-ups keep coming up, and it's driving me crazy. Go ahead. <laughs>
6: yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different things to help. Uh, I think I think the Democratic Party in itself is kind of socialist, and I think Bernie Sanders is an interesting choice. If you know that's all we had to choose from, though. No, I, I don't agree with it. You know, a lot of his stuff because he's kind of way off to the left, but I find him an interesting person. And then Ross Parole was running back then, but I think the press kind of got to him, so he kind of quit or something, if I understood. But that was a running, you know, a statement by a third party candidate. But at least around here, I think that Channel 7 and some of these people would be interested in having somebody on if they come on, but at least the Constitutional Party that I went to in the library. There's only one person there. I don't think the news people was going to come to there. I, the O'Connell Fitch did go down for one of the uh, political type of protests, but then it, it they had done something, and Tuesday uh, night went down there, but I guess they were having it on the next weekend or something. There was a misunderstanding. I guess they were having that up in uh, tall and that particular weekend, and it wasn't here in Boise. And uh just all the, the different things, but... If I was on the third party, I'd like to know more about them and see that they're more viable. Besides Ross Perot, I think Ralph Ralph Nader was running one time, but I don't know how much he got. Um, It just seems like I feel personally that I'm just throwing my vote away because nobody even hears of them around here anyway that I'm aware of. I don't even know, for example, to the constitutional party that Seuss and I went to. I don't know who they finally picked out. They had a number of nominees. I think they had about four that got up there, but I'm kind of close on who they decided. I guess they were going to pit somebody later on. I don't know if they've got around to it yet. Maybe they have, question mark. So I I don't have a clue about them for one example.
5: Am I still on the line, Robert?
6: You are on the line, sir.
5: (laughs) Uh, And who was it that was just speaking?
6: Uh, That's your
5: uh, what's your name again?
6: My name is Gene. Gene. Gene.
5: Gene okay. yeah. Uh, G. My name's Randy Stufflebeam, and uh, uh, up until about three months ago, I was the national vice chairman of the Constitution Party. I am okay. the uh, chairman of the Constitution Party here in Illinois, and also the chairman of the uh, Midwestern United States region, in which I have uh, twelve states that I'm trying to help. Uh, Help them build their their parties. Um, we did uh, elect Darryl Castle as our presidential nominee at the uh, convention. So, uh now, What? What?
6: Pardon me. What state did he come from? Because I I kind of remember some of them. I think maybe the state he came from.
5: Yeah, he's uh, from oh, Tennessee.
6: From Texas, so the yeah. one from Texas. Oh, Darrell
5: Castle is from Tennessee.
6: Oh, Tennessee. So yeah. I remember there was one he that was, was kind there. of a from the. No, he wasn't there. There was one time a minister background, and there was one that was a that's young man.
5: Texas. That, that's Scott Copeland, who was uh, from Texas.
6: Oh, yeah. Okay, I, like I remember him. Copeland.
5: I like him. Yeah,
6: I like him, yes.
5: Yeah, I, I like him, too. But I will tell you that uh, I, I know Daryl. I've known Daryl since I've been involved for, with the party since 2004. And uh, he was Chuck Baldwin's uh, running mate in 2008. And um, both uh, Chuck Baldwin and Darrell were uh, endorsed by Ron Paul in 2008 when uh, Ron dropped out. And um, so, uh, knowing Darrell Castle, knowing his policies, and all of that, uh, it is my opinion that Darrell Castle is the person who needs to be the next president of these United States. He has the right uh, domestic policies, the right uh, foreign policies, and all of that. The problem is he's running for a third party, and as you, we've had our conversation on here. It, it's nothing but a cliff proportions uh, battle, and uh, but uh, we're going to be doing a, We didn't get ballot access here in Illinois, uh, so we'll be doing a uh, writing campaign for him. But uh, it is anticipated that uh, there, there will be on enough ballots across the nation that theoretically there would be enough um, uh, electoral votes that he could really win the uh, election. Now, theoretically, you know, in terms of enough of the numbers are available there, you know, the reality is it's, it's near impossible. But, hey, that's why I'm here pushing for the parties to make that possible.
6: Now I have a question too. It's kind of a curveball, but how was he picked? Did the voters get to pick him, or was he kind of picked in a convention, like you know, people were worried about Trump might be pushed aside and they would come up with somebody else? But I just Trump had enough delegates that they left him alone. So I know they would have shoved Trump out of the way if they could have, and picked you know, like uh, in like a Bush or
5: Constitution party because we have a, we don't have a lot of states that have ballot access that are what's called established party. We wish we had it here in Illinois, uh, but we we don't have established party status, so we don't have what, you know, like the Republicans uh, necessarily, the delegations uh, the way that the two major parties, the Democrats and the uh, Republicans, have. It's a little bit of a a spin off of that because, like I said, we have quite a few states that are not, uh, in, in terms of the state. A recognized party, so we have to make some concessions. We do have delegates, but they're delegates elected or appointed by the uh, either the, the the voters of the the state if they are established or by the chairman in you know some some form. Um, but they were all free delegates for the most part. Um, the states okay. allowed the delegates for the most part to vote the way they wanted to, and so um, uh, de- the. The delegates, uh, there, there was no hampering or tampering of any of the the votes. Darrell Castle pretty much got it uh, first go round. Got the majority of the votes in the uh, the first round of voting.
3: Okay,
6: I understand.
5: So, any other uh, questions?
2: Back to you, Robert. I guess not. <laughs> okay. Hey, Rob. And then, yeah, we're still looking to see if, uh, yeah, we have a 615 if uh, you want to chime in. Uh, looks like we, we've lost our call. So if you're out there listening still, just give you know, call 347-945-7428, and we will get you in. And let's go ahead and go back to you. Uh, I'm sorry, I was reading something and trying to remember your name, uh, Kelly. Uh, Kelly, maybe I'm having oh. a seizure. Uh no, don't say that. I've had this before, they're not nice. Uh when I was a young kid. But anyway, did you, um did you did you just, did you just have a Hillary Clinton moment? I had a Hillary Clinton moment. And uh <laughs> and so we will get over to you, uh, Kelly and then uh Susan. Uh thank you very much.
3: Okay, well I, I kinda went off on a tangent when you asked about the forty five percent liberty rating on Corker. Um forty five percent in the normal test would be uh Um one of the most important <clears throat> goals of any government agent, elected official, uh, local, state, all the, way up to the president, and the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court seems to get it right more often than not. One of the most important duties of our government officials are to protect the liberties of the people, period. Um, I mean, government's role is obviously simplified mm-hmm. in protecting people from people, protecting us from a foreign invasion, so obviously the Constitution allowed a Navy. Um, you know, the states had their own well-regulated militia. That's the Second Amendment. Um, so, you know, protecting liberty and, and, and accountability. And you know, as a, as a student, if you will, of British history and how where our law came from. You know, Sir Edward Coke of, of the Rights of Englishmen, all sorts of brilliant writings, um, which influenced the founding fathers. Uh, give me liberty, give me death, etc., etc. That is one of the most fundamental. Um, test of where a person is at. And if a person doesn't understand the Constitution, what in the world are they doing running for office? I remember one day I was in my office and this guy comes in. It's, it's, there's a mini mall and he's kind of walking in. This guy walks in. And he says, well, I'm running for county supervisor. Oh, really? Oh, what's your name? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, nice to you. So what are you about? D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. Okay. So do you know what Article 9 and 10 are of the Bill of Rights? Oh, Bill of Rights a really good thing. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I really like the Constitution. Uh, that's not what I asked. Do you know what the Article 9 and 10 are of the Bill of Rights? Oh, I love the Constitution. I said, sir, look, do you know the answer to this question? What is Article 9 and 10 of the Bill of Rights? Oh, no, I don't. So, sir, I can't even vote for you. 9 and 10 are the absolute most fundamental. It's, it's states' rights and the rights of the people. Um, and because you, you didn't understand that, I'm, I'm going to vote for Tony. Uh, your competitor, because he gets it and he gets it now, and so if you don't understand liberty, you're not going to understand the Constitution. I mean, it's like I get so frustrated with other uh, politicians that, sh- that show up and oh, I'm, uh, I love the Constitution, really. So you know, it's like it's it, it's kind of a funny story, but it uh, is an analogy to how far off some of these politicians are. So this hospital puts an ad in the paper for brain surgeon, you know, and this guy shows up. so okay. So you're um, so what do you know about brain surgery? Oh, uh, brains are good, and uh, I like people with brains. Uh, okay, let's ask you another question. Uh, how much of you work in hospitals? Oh, hospitals are good, and I like that people help people. I like helping people. Okay, when was the last time you did uh, any kind of brain anything? Well, just the other day, I had a friend who had a headache. I said, take two aspirin, call me in the morning. Okay This is analogous to these politicians That claim the love of the Constitution They don't have a freaking clue about it (laughs) Yeah 45% eh, I'm sorry F That's a long-winded answer But it's The liberties of the people It must be the highest goals Of anybody we elect to office And the Constitution just happens to be A way that Um our liberties were, were put on paper Not all of course But um, to codify Or put on paper Our liberties uh, The founders did it for a reason And we should Learn it, study it, do it, study case law So that we end the history So that we do not repeat And that's why the constitution set up Articles of Confederation as well State constitutions, So that the tyranny The colonials suffered under King George Would never happen again And so it's kind of Important to know The constitutions
6: As we
2: all let that sink in uh, Let's go ahead and bring John in the line Thank you very much John for coming to the show How are you tonight
0: I'm doing fantastic Thank you sir Robert you're welcome. Our our knight in shining armor. And um <laughs> I just wanted I just I prefer I black armor to,
2: myself, it's my favorite colour, but go ahead. it, can uh, I just
0: wanted to point out, um I thought Kelly was asking a trick question because the Bill of Rights does not have any articles. He called the Ninth and Tenth Amendment articles, and that's why I thought it was a trick question, because if they don't know that they're, they're actually amendments and not articles, definitely that's a problem,
5: too. Actually, John, you are incorrect. And this is Randy Stufflebean. The Bill of Rights was passed as a document known as the Bill of Rights, and if you'll go take a look and Google it, you'll find the Bill of Rights, and you'll find that they have articles. But when
0: you look in the um, Constitution It lists each of the uh, Amendments they, As amendments
5: Correct but the Bill of Rights itself Was a separate document Passed separately from the Constitution They were ten right. amendments To the Constitution each of which Were known as articles To the Bill of Rights Oh so they're both articles and co-
0: Amendments
5: That Yes yes
0: uh, I, I apologize, apologize, Kelly. I stand corrected, and I thank you, Randy, for pointing
3: that out. <laughs> well, you all <laughs> right, right, right so that's, brother. Did all right. right. That's, that's fine. You know what's what's kind of amusing is that the, the the Bill of Rights um, was passed, and by the way, a stunning a stunning read is the preamble to the Bill of Rights, not the preamble to the Constitution. The preamble to the Bill of Rights is a stunning paragraph. Um, It's a good study But what's interesting About um, The Constitution was actually ratified enough That the first uh, Congress was assembled Voted for etc But the states were screaming
2: Hey 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 what about the Bill of Rights
3: And um, the founding fathers Now congressman You know What are we going to do hey hey where's the Bill of Rights Whoops sorry about that guys We'll get that out to you right away And they did it was an afterthought.
5: You know, and and part of that was because uh, they put that together because without the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, they they pro they promised they'd get a Bill of Rights because the uh, anti-federalists, which were the ones who actually were responsible for getting that uh, put through, thank God. Um, you know, they, they, they would have been overly influential in saying, hey, look, we'll not get this uh, Constitution ratified uh, without mm-hmm. providing a Bill of Rights. So, you know, when you look at the uh, how that all took place, it's pretty, quite frankly, miraculous, in my opinion.
3: Oh, yeah.
5: Well, I'll,
0: whenever we all start talking about the Constitution, I always – Feel that it's just everybody's Opinion as to what It actually means And since there's no mutual Agreement you know like the Declaration they ended the declaration Saying we mutually pledge our lives our Fortunes and our sacred honor blah 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 Well when it comes to the constitution Everybody has their own Interpretation or opinion of What everything means And none of us seems to agree So some people like Especially uh Black Lives Movement, they're like, God, that Constitution don't mean squat to me. And to a point, I agree with them because um, blacks or slaves at that point were relegated to one-fifth of a person. So, I mean, you know, who interprets it to mean what and which is the correct interpretation?
5: Well, actually, um, you know, uh, a lot of people say that about the Bible and to a large degree that is absolutely true because you know people like uh the, the apostles like uh uh the uh like Paul or you know the one of the like John or any of them they didn't write a commentary about what they specifically meant when they wrote per- particular portions within the scriptures consequently we are left to our own devices to try to Understand the times and all of that to come up with a correct understanding of exactly what they said However, unlike the Bible, the founding fathers provided much commentary as to the meaning of the Constitution And uh, the, the primary source of interpretation of the Constitution came from what we know as the Federalist Papers and uh, it was written, you know, by three guys, John Jay, who was uh, one of the first, if not the first, um, uh, Supreme Court justice. You know, Alexander he Hamilton, was, was of course, first. the founder, or the, the, who's considered the uh, father of the Constitution, Madison. And so these three guys wrote a, a significant portion. In fact, our uh, Supreme Court, up until a few years ago, used to use the uh, Federalist Papers uh, pretty much exclusively to interpret all issues. You know, when it comes to constitutionality of issues, they would interpret that their decision by what the Federalist Papers had to say. It's been a recent development that they've rejected studying the Federalist Papers and that they have started using international law and other things uh, to interpret and use to decide cases But uh, we do have a really good understanding Of what was meant by our con- in our Constitution Because our founding fathers wrote prolifically about it And um, in addition to the Federalist Papers There's also the Anti-Federalist Papers Those who spoke strongly mm-hmm. about uh, the issues Contained within the Constitution And I dare say that uh, consequently um, most, or subsequently, I guess is the right word um, uh, Most of what those anti-Federalists wrote about Has actually come to pass One of those was that uh, if It was stated If you pass this uh, Constitution There will be a civil war The only thing that was wrong with the uh, With the uh, uh, foretelling of the civil war was i'm sure that he thought it would happen within a few years of its passing you know but it still took place even though it took place almost 100 years after the um, the uh, ratification of tushin so uh, we really do have the ability to Get a very good clear idea and understanding Of what the Constitution means By reading the writings of the Founding Fathers And that's one of the things that I do Is provide resources On Constitutionally Correct so that people Can read those uh, very items
2: And what's that old website?
5: Constitutionallycorrect.org There
2: you go <laughs> I thought would open that up for you there, Randy <laughs>
0: I
5: was
0: I was more trying to make the point, Randy, that each person seems to not really care what the true meaning is. They just pick what meaning they want it to be, and then we argue on what the real meaning is and and if we don't like what the other guy says the meaning is, then we just discard them as you know they don't it doesn't matter, you know, so I'm like really none of our country is going to be united in moving forward until we all decide that we have to decide together and we get to decide for ourselves, our own position. Because otherwise we just have strong-armed bullies pushing each other
5: around. Yep, you're absolutely right, which is why it is incumbent. In fact, our founding fathers, it was their, their intent and their understanding, I mean, we talk about the disparity of education in our country today. Back then, they expected even the children of the farmers to understand court cases to be exceptionally well educated. They felt it was a responsibility of every citizen to understand the Constitution and all those things. But we've got, and I'm going to say this: yes, I'm. And by the way, I'm sitting here with my lead lined tinfoil hat on, because there is a conspiracy to, you know, create all of this uh, hate and discontent and this dysfunction about a true constitutional society. There is a conspiracy that is creating this, and they're doing so through public education that are not teaching these principles, that are allowing our kids of America to be dumbed down and have no clue as to what our Constitution is, and so... It's up to us parents to take charge and to teach our children what the Constitution means and by using the resources we do have available to do so.
3: Randy? Yes, hey, sir. Randy. Yeah. This is Kelly here. I've enjoyed our discussions before when you came on Bard's Logic and we can kind of banter a little bit about some of the higher things of the Constitution, but about the tinfoil hat thing, um, there are some advantages you know, when I when I wear my tinfoil hat, it keeps my loose screws from falling out.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> prefer my copper hat myself, but you know. <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, I always say that I've got the tinfoil hat, but it's lead-lined to protect me from the gamma rays.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I I agree with you as far as public education, because that whole shift was just mind-blowing, and now here's where we are today, and. You know it's a, it's a mess But uh, um, The right of habeas corpus Okay the right to the writ of habeas corpus um, True or false It's found in the Bill of Rights
2: In the Bill of no. Rights
5: No it's, it's found Directly in the Constitution itself Under Article 1 uh, Let me get it don't look. <laughs> I got to look. I forget.
3: Article on Section
5: 9. <laughs>
3: okay, I agree. The history, yeah, the history uh, <laughs> came from I- England again. And it's a fascinating study of, like, uh, if you've read some Blackstone's commentaries on the law, and then you go to Howell State Trials, which was uh, published in England in 1719, um, where they compiled the... Uh, um, Court cases uh, that they could get their hands on. They actually sifted through and found common ones, and this one's a better case, okay, include it, but it was a massive undertaking. And um, it's, you know, they they went back to um, 11, I want to say 1160s was the first case in Howell State Trials, and Scalia would actually, Justice Scalia um, would actually cite state trials. That's why you see in the Supreme Court cases state trials here and there, but it was a monumental effort um you know, if you imagine you were Thomas Jefferson, he would say also. he went to law school, so he had to have studied Howells state trials or the state trials of England, um the Magna Carta they would study um, quite a bit of history and of course um, of the rights of Englishmen, Sir Edward Coke, many other documents, and he he was actually mentored by somebody uh, older than he what was he, like 30 or 33 when he wrote the Declaration? And uh, By it, the way, fascinating. he was speaking what?
5: Speaking of the Declaration, I got a question for you, Kelly.
3: Uh-oh.
5: From whence did the words come that Jefferson penned into the Declaration of Independence?
3: From some of the writings he had discovered. Yeah, which his, ones? His studies. He's, uh, uh, um. Oh, I don't think it Zero. Uh, I don't know. John Locke. Yeah. John
4: Lock. Lock. Yes. 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 It yes, yes,
1: yes. yeah. was a It was a little a farmer. This farmer wrote stuff. I'm trying to think. I I put it. I'm writing a blog on it, and now I'm trying to remember.
5: Well, in in, the, in volume one of the works of John Locke, which I happen to have on my website, I'm working on getting the rest of them. Uh, while I was uh, implementing getting it put into Microsoft Word and put in a PDF form, um, I like read the very words straight that Thomas Jefferson almost wrote it verbatim, straight out of uh, the works of John Locke.
3: Oh wow! Hmm. So he cheated. He played your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he
2: plagiarized before plagiarism was plagiarism.
5: Yeah, you know what they say about plagiarism? It's the higher form of uh, compliment.
2: So the high, you know, I don't know. Ask uh, Michelle Obama that. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. The big, the, the big hoopla they made out of the uh, made out of Melania's uh, speech. Ridiculous.
4: Yeah. Oh.
2: Can
4: I chime
1: oh. In oh, here, it is. here it is. On January 10th, 1776, Thomas Paine published a booklet with the title Common Sense. He had a vision of the type of government he believed we should have here in this country in which people would have supreme power to their elected representatives. But his dream was null and void. Um, he was also the first to openly suggest independence from Britain, and his common sense was read by many, including George Washington. His work had a huge influence on Thomas Jefferson when he was drafting the Declaration of Independence. I knew it was a book called Common Sense. I just can't remember for sure. So there you go.
2: Go ahead, Kelly. Even though we are getting way off topic here, but I know that happens uh, with the organic nature of the show sometimes. But go ahead, Kelly.
3: (laughs) Uh, well, I love it when I come across somebody who studied the history of the development of our country. Um, have you read Thomas, uh, Thomas Jefferson's letter to Thomas Paine penned on July 2, 1789? Um, it is so absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, Thomas Paine was in France because the French were deciding to uh, fire their king like the colonials did fire their king, and have a representative form of government. <clears throat> and so Payne was a, a, um, an advisor to the French, and um, he asked Jefferson's advice. And so Jefferson wrote him a letter, and that letter is absolutely stunning. Um, one of the quotes was this, I consider trial by jury as the only anchor ever yet imagined by man by which a government can be held to the principles of its constitution. And that one letter changed France because Jefferson said, look, I really don't support the French Revolution because there's certain concepts of liberty they don't get. And one of them is trial by jury. But somehow trial by jury did get into France until World War II and the Nazis took over and then they never had really trial by jury since. But uh, that, that, that's just one zinger from that letter Thomas uh, Jefferson wrote. There's so many other zingers in that letter. It, it's absolutely stunning.
5: Yeah, hey uh, Robert, getting us back to a little bit more closer to the issue, you know, one of the bizarre things about the uh, selection of vice presidential running mates is really kind of a really bizarre circumstances, because our founding fathers wrote that uh, if it was not for being president of the Senate, the vice president would be otherwise unemployed, and you know the fact that a vice president has absolutely, outside being a the president of the Senate, the vice president has absolutely no voice whatsoever, zero, zip, nada, Zilt none whatsoever. And so the idea of, oh, what a great selection of a vice presidential candidate. The only way a vice presidential candidate has any use in American government other than being president of the Senate, which they rarely ever show up for their The one job that's laid out by the Constitution, the one job, they don't even show up unless there's a tie vote in the Senate, and then they get to cast a vote. Then they actually have a voice. Other than that, it's nada so this idea that it's important to have a presidential candidate of some worth. The only way that makes any difference is if the president is killed, shot, died, or something, you know, then that person would be considerably important at that point. But until that point, just having them exist as a running mate, so what? You know, it, 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 you know, here in Illinois, they did that several times. You know, the governor, we have a lieutenant governor who, again, has absolutely no voice in government unless, of course, the governor dies. And, you know, the, the, the pro-life candidate will select a pro-choice candidate because, well, that appeals to the voters. So what? The vice president, the, the lieutenant governor has no voice in the government. So what difference does it make? All these little speculations, oh, it was a great selection. It was a poor selection. They get to speak to these other voters. The only way that it makes any difference is during an election when they get to spout off their particular, hey, yeah, I'm pro-life, and I'll bring my voice to the thing. No, you don't. But the American populace, So you know, you're referring to the pay uh,
2: pick, uh, Randy. <laughs> What's that? So now you're referring to the Pence pick?
4: <laughs>
5: All of it, you know. It's just the story. quoting so Hillary. It's so important to select the vice presidential candidate. Yeah, whatever.
1: What difference does it make? <laughs> you're calling Hillary there?
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess see, that's a good point. I know I was a, a disappointed when Trump didn't pick uh, Gingrich, but yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. You know, besides having yard signs and buttons with Gingrich's name on it, I
5: guess. <laughs> I
2: guess uh, you make a good point.
5: It's, they're they're a good marketing ploy. That's all it is. It's about marketing because once the sale is done, the t- they're out of the picture. Well, now, now, Grant, I think that's a good segue. No, segue to our next point. Okay, we can go on next. I was just going to say, you know, when uh, – uh, what's her name? Uh, Palin was running for vice president, right? Her, She, she was debating um, Biden. And she, in her infinite wisdom, yeah, as vice president, because there's nothing in the Constitution about it, I get to do whatever I want. No, you don't. But, you know, uh, the vice president – Does whatever the president tells him. And so you got Biden going off, traipsing around, you know, uh, and now Kerry, you know, traipsing around the globe representing the United States, but has no constitutional premise for doing so.
2: Well, and bringing it back to Cindy, she wasn't able to make us uh, live tonight. She's in Texas, actually, and she wasn't in a spot where she could call us in. She did bring in a question. Uh, for you, Randy, and she asked, uh, "If Trump is indeed uh, elected president, do you believe that he will uh, adhere to the Constitution, or will he be tempted to? Uh, I guess what was her term? Let me let me look at her term because she texted him. He would be tempted to. She didn't use the term, but just, tempted to change things with a pen and phone.
5: It's a really good question." And it's my contention that you know, just like George W. Bush, he talked a good game when he first went in, but there was so many unconstitutional things that he that took place. Um, I I just believe that Trump will get swallowed in. There's a couple of few. There's more than a couple of things that I I like what he said, but I have absolutely no faith that he'll accomplish them.
2: I'm one of those?
5: well um you know one of the uh one of the things was the uh whole being friends with israel um uh, i mean i I happen to like that idea, but I just understanding who actually is controlling so much of it i just those i just don't see it happening meaning those relationships and that sort of thing um you know i and as you know, I saw the border. Uh, I think, I think you know that, don't you, Robert? That I was on that documentary called Borderland.
2: Um, well, gosh, was it a while a while ago that uh, you you we this, we talked about it or?
5: Yeah, well, it was in 2013. Um, I was yeah,
2: it might uh, have been Why
5: not? Yeah, in October, well, September, October 13. Um, I was in a documentary that tracked the uh, lives of three migrants who died in the desert, uh, coming into the country illegally. And, uh, you know, the things that I saw and understanding, you know, I'm telling you, if without spending, without spending or should I say without budgeting, another red cent, we could close the border down tomorrow if we wanted to. We have the resources already in play that could absolutely close the border down without having to worry about building a wall or anything else. We have the resources already in play with the electronics, the manpower, and all of those things. If we wanted to shut that border down, we could do it tomorrow without having to budget another red cent to do so. I've seen it with my own eyes. And so hearing, you know, uh, hearing Trump talk about I will build a wall and all this other stuff, it just tells me that people don't really know what's going on with the border and there's so many so many other things that are, are, you know, problematic. I just don't have faith. That's that's the problem. When I see what and somebody mentioned Perot. You know, uh if you actually look at what what the real story is behind all of that, I mean there's parts of that we will never know. But you know uh, in august of whatever year it was um 90 was it 92 i forget um whatever year he was running uh in that in august of that year he dropped out of the race the reason the uh, the reason given for dropping out of that race was there was a threat against his daughter who was about to get married. daughter buried.
2: yeah i the, remember hearing about that
5: Yeah, there was a threat to expose some naked pictures of her or something. I I don't know what the specific uh, content of the pictures were, but it had the context of being, you know, nude pictures or something like that. And so uh, Ross Perot dropped out of the race to uh, allay the embarrassment of his daughter for that, that marriage. Well, then come to find out it was, quote, unquote, a hoax. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Ross Perot was ahead of Clinton In the polls I believe that Ross Perot If he have stayed in the race And stayed the course the whole point in time He would have become the next president Of the United States at that point in time But he dropped out of the race And lost the faith of the voters They they come back mm-hmm. and said Well that whole thing was a, a hoax Now here's a guy Now you got to bear in mind Here's a guy who put together An armed Force went into another country and got back American hostages. Now, yeah, he yeah, I remember
2: hearing put, about that.
5: Okay, Remember, he, he's a billionaire that put together an armed force to go into another country and bring back actually some of his employees, but put together an armed force, invaded another country, and brought back the uh, hostages. And here's somebody that has the resources of being a billionaire and has the tenacity to go out and take out you know the the people who were holding Americans hostage who's going to be afraid of somebody who's going to expose his daughter to and couldn't have put together a force of private investigators found the guy, and taken him out. You're going to try to convince me that that guy that has the power and the tenacity to go invade another country to bring back Americans would have been somehow uh, intimidated by somebody who had these pictures that actually came out to be a hoax anyway. And then he jumps back into the race. Say all that to say that I believe, I don't know how you intimidate a billionaire, you know, like Ross Perot, that had those kind of tenacity. But I'm going to tell you, it's my opinion, somebody scared him. And so he dropped out of the race and then, you know, came back in to kind of, quote, unquote, save face. But then, you know, was never able to recapture what he had lost. And he did not, incidentally, influence the election by coming back. He did not receive one single elector in the process. So he didn't rob any votes away from Clinton or anybody else. And so people say he he affected the race. He didn't. But I do believe he affected it in the fact that he dropped out and then did not get any votes to win the race. And I believe, you know, somehow he was intimidated. I don't know how you intimidate a billionaire that has that tenacity, but that's why I believe that those global elites that control our Federal Reserve, that control the U.S. economy, they're, they're, they're people to be reckoned with.
1: Yep. They are.
5: That's why I don't have faith in what Trump has to say because I believe that there are controlling forces that will trump Trump.
2: Well, one of one of the first concerns I had, uh, you know, with with Trump is that, you know, with speaking of Mike Pence, this is pick uh for V P and I mean I knew Pence was the person uh that the establishment wanted. Uh but now, you know, with with talk about uh, you know Corker uh, being on a short list for se- Secretary of State, which is another establishment guy. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, if he's just going to keep up with the status quo and put a lot of established people, establishment people in his cabinet, if he were to win, uh, then it's not to. How are people going to expect anything to change?
5: Exactly. So you can't tell me, you know, Trump's an outsider when it, the the... You know, it just absolutely reflects that he's an insider. He's a machinery kind of guy. Well, if he,
2: yeah, if, if it keeps on uh, being the way it's looking, uh, then I would, I would have to have to agree with you. Um, uh, for me, at least, I think the the, the jury throw out whether he's you know uh, an outsider or not. I believe he is at least uh, much more of an outsider than any of the other candidates uh, that ran this time around. Uh, at least you know in the D's and R's. Um, but, you know, if we're going to get,
6: you know, real comment. outsiders... Go ahead. Uh, yes, I have a comment. Hopefully Trump can do some good, but if somehow a third party was able to get in there, what's to keep them from, you know, threatening them or whatever, to get them to fall in line, and then they'd have to deal with the Republicans and uh, Democrats and, and Congress, too, to even go on with whatever they, they were trying to do on a new two, program.
5: Two Two separate things. Number one, the thing that made this country great was competition. I believe it's competition, not regulation and all these other crazy things that uh, really has the opportunity to battle corruption. Uh, But number two, uh, we had to, you know, kind of uh, to answer that, I think, at least a little bit, uh, we had a guy actually elected in Minnesota, I believe it was, or, or Montana. One of the M states. Um, his name was Rick Jor, and uh, he was elected as a Constitution Party candidate uh, to as a represent state representative. And what, what's um, his name?
2: Uh, what, what, I'm sorry, Randy. What's his name?
5: Rick Jor. I think it's J O R E. And
2: okay. in that yeah. year.
5: Uh, when he was elected, you know, people would say, hey, Randy, you know, if you were elected, how are you going to have any constituency to, you know, back any of the bills that you have that you want to propose or, you know, help you oppose bills and that sort of thing? How are you going to build this team if you're you know, always in a fight with the Republicans and the Democrats? Well, what actually happened is Rick Jor actually became the most powerful man in the House. The reason is, is because he wasn't a Republican, the Democrats would go to him for support. Because he wasn't a Democrat, the Republicans would go to him for support. And he was appointed, is it appointed? I think it's appointment. He was appointed to the most powerful committee, chair, the most powerful committee in the House, the Finance Committee. All because he was neither Republican nor Democrat. So looking at this as an example, if we had a a Constitution Party or a Libertarian, whatever, uh, candidate that was on the outside, they could literally change the landscape of this country by, you know, not being a Republican, not being a Democrat, by being able to coalesce with those people who represent the principles that they espouse. That's why it's so important to have the idea that a third party is important. And let me give you one more example of what happened in uh, our southernmost county here in the state of Illinois, where actually.
2: Randy, real quick, that state was Montana. Go ahead.
5: Montana. Okay. I'm definitely willing to believe. So in, in, uh, (laughs)
4: well,
5: thank you, sir. Uh, in uh, in Massac County, our southernmost county in the state of Illinois, uh, the Constitution Party is actually an established party within the county uh, they hold They hold primaries and and, and all of that well uh, a couple of election cycles ago, as is a typical thing to have happen, a candidate from one of the parties will run knowing full well that an incumbent, too. An incumbent will run for the office, knowing full well that they will resign shortly after the election so that the person, uh, the next person, can be appointed to fill their vacancy and then become the incumbent through that uh, process. So it is typical. You can get somebody... Immediately filling a vacancy uh, to fill the rest of the term, somebody who was not elected to office. Well, that actually happened in Massac County. There was a tre- the county treasurer was an incumbent, got elected, two weeks resigned, and the Republican county chairman. Uh, it was his lawful duty to replace that Republican treasurer with a Republican. However, something happened. The guy actually appointed somebody who was actually a Democrat, totally against state law. Now, what's interesting is the state law says that before uh, the the appointment takes effect, the uh, the other parties have to be notified of the appointment. So the Constitution Party, being a An established party down there in Massac County was notified that this Republican was appointing this person. And when the Constitution Party started looking at who this guy was that they were appointing, he was a Democrat. So they raised the alarm. Hey, wait a minute. You guys are fighting, violating state law. And they said, well, that's our appointment. And so then they wrote a letter to the editor. And so it was published. And they said, look, if you do not... This appointment immediately We will go to the States attorney you know our Attorney general or Not getting resolution we will File a lawsuit against you And furthermore Our position is That you do not Fill the vacancy With an appointment They had a deputy treasurer They said it's our position that you Will fill the vacancy With the deputy treasurer And uh, actually, that's exactly what happened. And, you know, neither the Republican nor the Democrats were going to raise the the alarm because they both were happy as pig and slop that this was taking place, though it was a complete violation of the law. Because the Constitution Party was there to raise the alarm, to sound it off, and actually have a position of authority to do so, uh, they saved the county – I believe it was uh a hundred thousand dollars because I believe the uh the uh, treasurer was salaried at fifty thousand dollars a year so they actually saved the county $100,000 by replacing them with the deputy treasurer, and I think the deputy treasurer was there. So it goes to show you that there is a very strong, viable reason and need for a multi-party system that could, you know, create the competition and create the situation whereby the Republicans and Democrats could no longer get by with what they're doing because, hey, guess what? Because we can compete. We can, replace. We can actually get you replaced.
6: Yeah, I'd like to see some competition as long as it don't get like some countries where the minority party at the time is full of coalition and you get a minority party in power or else they're they kind of control things. They have to vacate them. But well, I they think have competition would be good.
2: Well, in those types of parties, I mean, Ireland's been doing it for you know hundreds of years. you know, I guess now that they had well, you know, or close to it. um, or they got a system of multi-party, you know, multi-party system. And I tell you, well, I mean, I really like the way they do it. We're going to eventually have some folks on the show uh, from Ireland who are going to, you know, tell us about their political system, their system of voting, because they also do preferential voting, which is awesome. So let's say, you know, you 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 know you, you, you like the guy from the Constitution Party, you like the guy from the, the Green Party, or the, the gal, maybe, from the uh, Green Party, and you like the one of the people from the Republican Party for the uh, for what, whatever position it is. Well, you vote your preference. Say, okay, uh, my first choice would be this person, my second this person, and my third this person. Uh, and then you vote what your preference is. And so you don't feel like, oh, you know, I, you know, I kind of like this person, but I like this person more. Okay, so they have a very elaborate mathematical system of, of figuring that out, you know, and there is a process of elimination part to it. Uh, and you pretty much got to be a mathematician to figure it out, but you know, it works and it works for them. And I think that'd be something, uh, certainly, would be, at least for, in my opinion, proves out to be more representational uh, of what the people want than the system we have now with the first pass to post.
6: Oh, yeah.
4: Hey, Robert.
3: <clears throat> yes. I want to comment on that a little bit more regarding California and what we saw. Um, with the election fraud happening, all that. We have a thing called uh, no party preference. When you register to vote, you can, you know, the R, the D, the L, the AI, the Constitution Party, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Or decline to state. Decline to state throws you into the nonpartisan party. The way the state has set it up, it's a, it's a semi-closed primary where you have to ask for the ballot of either uh, libertarian constitution or AI. It's up to the party to allow other uh, people to vote in their party in the primaries. Now, there is much confusion about this, and people are placated, and and they're told their vote counted when it doesn't. Now, in in studying this whole situation, um, this closed uh, primary system, and it's happening in other states, too, like New York and Arizona, but this closed primary thing, is the trick of the duopoly. Is, is Ohio closed state? No. Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 that's right. Jim Connors. Well, Come wait a minute. It.
2: Actually, no, I, I think, well, uh, actually, they, they do ask you what ballot that you want. You know, when I went to vote, they do ask you what ballot, but, you know, but, uh, you know, I think I think you can pick whatever ballot
3: that you want. Okay. Um. Anyway, so let's what, <laughs> So the nonpartisan party has no presidential candidate on it in California. You get the NPP dollars, no president, period. What's interesting is if they were to put all presidential candidates in the primary, first of all, it would rid a lot of confusion, a lot of trickery. But secondly, it would start to break the duopoly. It would really start to break, you know, combine that with well, what you're talking about, preferential voting, Um it would make a lot of amazing positive changes, preferential voting where you vote for one, two, three, all of them, or none of them. Um, it, it would break the dualopoly. I mean, we're in a country of supposedly freedom, right? Well, then why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they, you know, letting NPPs have all uh, the candidates listed on the ballot? Well, they can't do that because they are got to force somebody in Republican or Democrat.
6: That's not freedom.
3: Um, but, yeah, I, I, I am convinced, Robert, with NPP combined with uh, preferential voting, the dualopoly would be broken because people are voting, oh, I like this guy, this guy, and this guy. Um, I, I, You know what I'm saying here? They can say, okay, I, I like – let's take a Bernie Sanders voter this year. They wouldn't vote for uh, – they'd vote for uh, Bernie and uh, Jill Stein. Some would vote for Bernie Sanders in the primary and Gary Johnson. Now, Republicans would probably say, I want to vote for a Republican – and I want to vote for Gary Johnson. Or I want to vote Republican and the Constitution Party candidate. It would be interesting and then have a runoff system of some kind. It would break the duopoly, but we can't have that in America, says the powers that be. It's a really interesting, when you get into it, this country that supposedly we're still free, uh, we're not. Uh, Just look at the ballot. So, I want to hear some more thoughts from Randy. <laughs> uh,
5: well, you know, it, it, it's definitely something that I mean. I think I'm not sure if California does. I think California does top two voting, and so does Washington The state of Washington does top two. And while on the on the surface, you know, the idea that you could have uh, more parties participate. Uh, and then you pick the top two, is still a, quite a misnomer in the actual process. Uh, and it sounds like Ohio is the same as Illinois. Here in Illinois, uh, the, the voter simply registers. He's a registered voter. The only thing that indi- gives any indication as to your party of preference, as it were, is based upon the, the ballot that you poll in the primaries. And uh, as has happened in the past, like in 2006, it was Rob Bogoyevich, and if you know anything about that, you know he's in jail now. Um, And uh, the Republican contender was Judy DeBar Topinka, who was actually left of Rob Bogoyevich. Now, what was interesting about why she got elected was that uh, if you go back and look at the numbers, you'll see a little bit of the, the numbers shift in the primary because all the Democrats knew that Bogovic was going to get the election in the primary. So this allowed all of those Democratic voters to pull Republican ballots so that they could then jury rig the system in their favor. And so they actually got Judy Bartopinka uh, elected in the primary and, uh, so you can see how that that process is a corrupt process across the nation. I think if you're going to have uh, primaries, it needs to be an absolute closed process because it's the party that's supposed to be electing their candidate to become a nominee for that office. And so um, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be changed. I'll tell you, and I'm just going to throw this one out real quick. This one's just for free. Uh, my uh, campaign reform, if you cannot vote for me, you cannot fund me. Now, think about that. It's as simple as it gets. Nobody from outside your district can vote for you. PACs, uh, special interest, cannot fund you because they can't vote for you. And so it, it really throws it down to only those who have the, the reason to uh, you know, be concerned about that person winning is a person that would vote for them because they're in that district, so I don't think there should ever be outside influence into those particular districts if you can't if you can't vote for me, you cannot fund me, and that one's for free well no yeah. Well, um, yeah
3: no, no. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you didn't charge me there because I might have sent you some ice cream in the mail um for payment. <laughs> Um, The the closed system I can see your point Yes because I learned this way back in college That if your Democratic candidate Is just a slam dunk in the primary You go over to the uh, Republican side And you find the person Who is uh, least likely To be the Democrat You know the presidential And so you dislodge um, A a very Highly competitive Republican um, but at the same time, um, people still have their freedom and liberty to vote for who they want. Um, yes, I can see the, the logic behind the need for, but I, I just I just don't agree with all the horrifying problems I've seen in California this year. Um, yeah.
4: Well,
2: you know they. they yeah, you know, I have heard, I'm sure everyone here has heard about, you know, at least something with California is, you know, it's kind of a bellwether state. A lot of things, you know, start uh, in California and then kind of move out to uh, the rest of the country. So that may be uh, something there. Now, unfortunately, I see we only have about uh, 30 minutes left of the show. I may have to do some description changing uh, so that people who listen to the show like, what happened? <laughs> but that's okay. It's the organic nature of it. Uh and so uh definitely good talking. I do want to cover more of the third parties, but uh you know, one of the things uh that I've noticed, I'm sure you've uh noticed as well is is people are you just are when it's election season, I mean there's some talk on it uh with uh third parties, but uh of course they start getting real focused on the Republicans and Democrats. Uh now one of the things and this is a constitutional party but it is a third party, is uh I've heard uh from some places some sources that Gary Johnson, um, and, and real quick, and since we are in Bard's Logic After Dark, uh, you know, Gary Johnson has adopted, through my understanding, uh, the now that Bernie Sanders is gone, he kind of put a little twist on the feel the burn. Uh, and so he's kind of applied that to himself. And so now it's not uh, that, now it's feel the Johnson. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> oh,
3: that's bad. That's uh, well,
2: it took a little while for people to, uh, for that to sink in. <laughs>
3: that, that's just ugly. I'm just
5: saying.
2: <laughs> I've seen, actually, someone, i seen that, uh, I've seen that on Facebook somewhere where someone said, uh, you know, Made, kind of made that description. Uh, now it's Field the Johnson, so it's uh I, I had to laugh when I heard it myself. But uh yeah, but anyway, yeah. The, we can only do that in Bar's watching After Dark. Um uh, but we only have about uh you know about twenty eight minutes left. Uh about twenty three of those uh for closing thoughts and then, you know, for the rest of the show. Uh but I definitely do want to, you know, have uh, more discussions, you know, with with third parties. But, and now back to Johnson, that kind of digressed there is I heard he's actually close in the polls to being able to get a spot on the debates. Uh, do you know anything of that? Uh, Randy, have you heard anything of that nature?
5: I haven't heard, but I've, I've heard that, you know, because of the dissatisfaction that it's not just Johnson, um, although i've heard that name but i've heard that you know there's there's a real strong push to open the debates and not just by the the libertarians but uh so i don't know how much reality is actually there but you know um you know in some of the debates it was by the uh that was sponsored by the league of women voters you know and so i mean if they're really dissuaded from things they you know certainly there's enough influence out there to create it
4: yeah they
2: certainly uh you know, as I said earlier, you know, they prove that you can have a debate, you know, with, you know, more than just two people up there and have a substantive debate, and I really think that they should.
5: Well, you know, I think what would happen, you know, and I think most people, you know, in in times past, most people would say there is an important value to having a third party, and that value is – that they create a conversation on topics that the uh, others would like to avoid, and so if you have them involved in the, uh, the debate process, then you open up a spectrum of issues that the others would just simply like to avoid from talking. And I think there is a, a, a an interest to have that you know dialogue actually take place and open up.
2: What do you think the, the the chances are of actually at least even if it's just one debate uh, of that happening?
5: You know, I I I'd be I'll be skeptical if it actually happens. Just like it, just because of all the saber rattling, and I've seen it in times past where they've talked about that, and then what happens is they uh, say, oh well, you know what? We will talk about hugging trees today. <laughs> You know, or you know, whatever, um, and thus avoid the necessity of bringing in, you know, say the Green Party to uh, bring that issue in there. And I, I say that a little jokingly. You know, we could say this, you know, some kind of thing about the Constitution Party or the Libertarians as well. You know, hey, they want to avoid, uh, you know, smoking pot. Well, you know, get a Libertarian in there, and all of a sudden there's the issue. So you know, it's <laughs> I, I think there's a certainly an important. Aspect of it but I certainly know That they take steps to avoid those uh, Despite all the Saber rattling
4: Hmm. Hey
5: Robert
2: Go ahead
0: Yeah I was curious if anybody knows If there's like a movement To contact the presidential Debate commission to Let them know hey we want the Republicans The Democrats the Prohibition Party the Constitution Party The Green Party all of them to have a chance to debate. I want do. You, have you anybody heard about any kind of thing like that to contact the presidential debate commission and, and get their I, moving I, on I,
2: that? Well, well, what what they would do is they would state the <clears throat> they would state the fifteen percent rule. to Be honest, if if, if somebody's even call that. Yeah, what, I, what I, do you I, think, uh, John, you,
3: oh, Are you done? I'm sorry,
0: you're not. You're well, not just yep. saying that because your petition for Newt kind of fell apart, are you? What's that? I said you're not just saying that because your petition for getting Newt as the VP for Trump fell apart, are you? <laughs>
2: uh, am I saying
4: what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to contact the Presidential Debate Commission to get something like that to happen, they would give us an excuse that you got to hit a certain percentage.
2: Oh, no, because there's people who've tried it before. Yeah, there's 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 people who... People yeah, you know, calling them, petitioning them, things of that nature. Uh, no, it, it's kind of a you know, doing it that way. I don't know. I, I don't think there's there's a there's a big enough push. You need a, a much bigger push than what there exists to do that. And they'll say, well, if you want to ch- if you want to change it, then you'll have to, you know, somehow get the the percentage change. And of course, if you can't have everybody, including the prohibition party, to you know, be on the stand, then you'd have too many candidates. That's why I would suggest that you only have, you know, whoever the top three tier are of the alternative parties, or maybe even two, uh, to to be on that uh, stage.
0: Well, how's that, Justice?
2: Well, you, well you're not going to be able to have I mean, let's be logical, though. You're not going to be able to have every – I mean, go ahead and Google third parties or alternative parties or independent parties or something like that nature, and you'll see a, a, a gigantic list, frankly, of uh, uh, third-party and alternate parties. I mean, you have got all kinds of parties out there, uh, ones that you've probably never even heard of, I'm sure. And, and to try to say, well, we're going to give you know everybody a chance to be uh, you know on the debate floor, just would not be feasible. It's just not. Now, having three other people on there, like the Republican debate has shown, I mean, when we, we had ten, fifteen guys or gals on the stage, it, it didn't make sense. Okay, it just it didn't make sense. But now, you know, but if you got, uh, you know, five, that that you could still get, uh, yeah, the set of the debate, debate, but m- much more than that, and it's it's you're just gonna get what you're seeing. But you know, when they had, you know, nine, ten, you know, people up on, the, I mean, think about it, they had so many people in the Republican Party debates, they had to split it between the upper tier and the lower tier debates. There's, yeah, there's but no the way media, to do they, that. We're
0: ...playing games, Robert, so they would ask him these ridiculous questions that took it away from policy and substantial, you know, substantive conversation.
2: Well, you're not know, for one, there will just be the restrictions of time to try to have, you know, all the third, you know, third party or alternative parties, you know, up on, on the stage. I think, you know, having, you know, five on there and then, who knows, maybe you can have the Lower-level debate for the presidential debate—I don't see that very much likely happening. Uh, but you know, I guess that's something that's a possibility. But I mean, you have to do you know, things within feasibility. It just—I mean, as I said, Google a list of third parties, and you'll be amazed at how many there actually are.
0: The people that don't want to allow other people to be on—they want to relegate, you know, kind of minimize it to the top. Three or so I think they ought to be the ones That are shut completely out of the process Then if they're not willing to let the rest Of everybody play by mutual You know Then they shouldn't get to
5: play at all
3: You know um, I'm going to go ahead and answer your Question about People uh, petitioning For more candidates On stage Well this whole thing was put together by Republicans And Democrats to keep third parties Out the petition is called a lawsuit um, in the sense that the Libertarian Party has been suing. I think Jill Stein is a part of it, too. They are suing the Republicans, and I don't know where they are with that um, lawsuit, to get on stage. Because once they get physically somebody on stage, all of a sudden people believe that third parties are actually possible. And um, Gary Johnson, is he's just funny. I disagree with several things that he believes in, but he's funny. And we can see a mass shift from one place to the other, particularly if he's on stage and um, Hillary gets indicted. It's going to be a different world here in a few years. Um, some libertarians are a little bit interesting, but, um, but, yeah. And 15%, that's the kind of the, that's the key thing. You have to poll 15% in three major polls to get on Mm -hmm. stage. right? And a lot of the pollsters are run by the Democrats and Republicans, so that ain't going to happen. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's Rasmussen, Gallup, and there's a third one, I think. Yeah, the Pew, the Pew poll. And the Pew poll, those three might get Gary Johnson on stage and or Jill Stein. So it's going to be an Mm -hmm. interesting breakthrough if it happens.
4: Right.
5: And I you know, one of the – and interesting, as, as much as we've battled, I think, you know, uh, that the, the legitimate criteria for the debate is if a candidate can get on enough ballots to have enough electors that they could legitimately be elected to office. I mean, theoretically, I, I would be okay and satisfied with that criteria because that would be your top three third parties, being the Green, Libertarian, and Constitution Party, and, of course, the Republicans and Democrats.
3: Commission on the Presidential Debate, which is a corporation, by the way, the Commission on Presidential Debates has basically three rules to be on stage. One, you have to obtain the age of 35. Number two is you have to be registered in enough states that you could actually win the presidency, and the third is you have to have 15% in three major polls. It's the tricky part is that last one, where you got to have 15%. Well, who runs the polls? Of course, keeps the Democrats and the Republicans have it locked up. It's it's bizarre. That's why we've only seen two parties on stage. I think the Commission on Presidential mm-hmm. Base, Well, the the League of Women Voters was I in mean, the early 70s. They were the ones who were hosting president's debates. The and then all of a sudden they got taken over, and then they changed their name, and, and the people that started the League of Women Voters were very upset at what happened with the internal coup d'état. But ever since then, we haven't really seen much of a third party for president, which means not much of a third party for anything. It's very frustrating, the dynamics and the trickery the R's and the D's have done. Um, so we'll see. Uh, what happens coming up?
2: Yeah, certainly. And it looks like, uh, unfortunately, it is time to do our closing comments. And so we will do that. And then, unfortunately, I have to, just to uh, finish out the show. And we've got, including myself, when I generally don't do the closing comments, but we got about five. And so each person's got uh, about two minutes, literally, uh, for closing comments. And so let's go ahead, and we'll do uh, Gene first, and then we'll do you, Susan, and then we'll have uh, you, John, and then Randy, and then we'll go with uh, you, Kelly, and then we will, oh, looks like I'll have to shut things down, unfortunately, after that. Uh, It was an interesting show, Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you on uh, again, uh, Randy. It was was great to hear from you uh, tonight, and uh, definitely want to uh, explore more, of course, with uh, third parties I just really Wish that more people were you know Especially with all the corruption we're seeing uh, You know would be more Open uh, to them but let's go ahead And uh, bring in Gene go ahead
6: Yeah the the Third party that is pretty interesting but And Ross Perot seemed to be Pretty well known and I don't know what percentage He had where I'm assuming that he Was involved in Houston. The news media I don't Remember if he got involved in any debates Or not maybe someone else can to answer that, Susan or someone. But I think that's about all the comments I had now. It's been an interesting discussion.
4: Well,
2: thank you, Gene, of course. And uh, if you could take the link and uh, share it out to folks so they can uh, listen to our conversation and uh, pique their interest and they can join us uh, here on the show as well. So I also have it where you can uh, tweet it out. I believe I do have that fixed. So you can go to the homepage at www.BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com and tweet out the, uh, the, the link. Or also you can send it out through email uh, because on the contact page, uh, if you scroll down, you will have the email that I send out to folks uh, for the show. And so just copy and paste and you can send it to your email list uh, to get them to uh, listen into to the show and, you know, please call us in some nights and join us and uh, spread the word. And with that, let's go ahead and bring it uh, over to you, Susan. Thank you.
1: Um, <clears throat> I assume that you all, I know this is not even close to the topic, have heard the dumb thing that John Kerry said. Yeah, I try not to listen to much of con- what
2: comes out of his mouth, so I'd have to say no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that air conditioners are as dangerous as ISIS. Oh,
2: yeah, I've seen um, that. Yeah, the air conditioner is okay. more dangerous than ISIS. I did see that. I didn't read the yep. article, and I didn't listen to him, but I did hear about
1: it. <laughs> well, I had a guy in my group that said, where is the petition to have air conditioning removed from the State House and the White House? him, Anybody on here want to start one, I'll be glad to pass it around. I'll be glad to sign it, and I am going to call on that. Because I agree, if you're going to say that, then you need to, you know, you need to walk the walk and talk the talk. Uh, and you talk if you're going to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. And uh, obviously, Kerry probably has an air conditioner in his, in his, in
2: his <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he anyway. does.
1: Hey, I uh, prefer to have geothermal heating
2: and cooling, but go ahead. Uh,
1: you know who Julian Assange is, as I'm pronouncing it his name right? Um, He said that his organization plans to publish a lot more material concerning elections in the U.S. I'm looking forward to that because I like both Snowden and I like Assange. Um, He said that Hillary, is she tries to blame the Russians, blame the Chinese. If she does that when she's in government, that's a political managerial style that can lead to conflict. He is not confirming or denying that Russia was behind the theft of the private communications, but um i'm gonna i'm gonna be real interested in what happens with this because I believe in the Sunj and uh so didn't both know whereof they speak
2: and speaking of petitions, I don't know if someone just sent me this uh uh I... Pega uh, McIntyre sent me a petition uh, on Facebook. It looks like I just got it. It says, Robert, your voice will make a difference. Sign the petition. Uh, Pega McIntyre has asked for your help to get Gary Johnson on the presidential debates, how you can help. If this petition gets enough signatures and enough exposure, it's my hope that the CPD will have no choice but to include Governor Johnson in the debates. Otherwise, it may appear to voters that the two parties are not rivals at all and actually work together quite well to keep outsiders from being elected. So, let's read more about this petition. And let's see. Okay. So, the, the Commission on Presidential Debates states its own website that the Commission on Presidential Debates was established in 1987 to ensure that debates as a permanent part of every general election cycle, provide the best possible information to viewers and listeners. We believe that the mission statement to hold true, the debates must be open to more ideas uh, than the two were being given. We don't believe that our ideas can all be placed as firmly in one camp or the other, and thus a third option is needed. Because of this, we strongly insist on Governor Gary Johnson's inclusion in the presidential debates that we the people, they should have capitalized uh, the we and the people in that. But anyway, we can hear that his ideas have decided ourselves that he would make a good president. Signed, Isidore Caladron. Okay, well, I may very well sign this because I think we should have those. But anyway, I took uh, time away from you, Susan, and I apologize. Uh, but we'll have to, uh, if you got vitamin, you okay can, uh, about a minute, you can send out a comment. Okay, okay well, uh, then let's uh, go ahead and bring it uh, over to you, John. And uh, we'll move uh, move forward, and uh, what I'll do is I'll uh, send that over to that that petition uh, over uh, the link in the chat to you, Susan, if you want to look at that. And uh, anyone else, uh, if you want me to send that over to you. All right. Uh, Go ahead, John.
0: I just want to do a shout-out of support for all the whistleblowers. You know, we have Daniel Ellsberg. We have WikiLeaks' Julian Assange. We have uh, William Benning, Thomas Drake, Edward Snowden. If it weren't for these people bringing forth the sunlight, we would not realize the devastation of the corruption that's going on. And we need more of that. And I want to thank you for doing this show and all of the expertise of the people that's brought. Come on, you know, Kelly and, and all of everybody that's talking. And it's just always a great every Wednesday night for me to look forward to, and I thank you all for being a
6: part of it. Well, I
2: appreciate it, John. Thank you. You too. And that, that brings it over to you, Randy.
5: Well, Robert, you know, I uh, I I, I uh, texted you before uh, early in the show that I didn't have uh, really much to contribute, not a whole lot on my mind you know, <laughs> to, to participate. I think you contributed I a lot. I, you know, as <laughs> As happens, I I, I I I I I hijacked your your show and I apologize, but uh, I, I will end with <laughs> oh, this. Okay. real quick. <laughs> You're a good you're a good man. I appreciate you, brother. Um,
2: oh, no problem, I, buddy. I
5: will say this uh, just as a teaser: I am seriously considering a run for governor in uh, 2018. And for those, oh wow, of that'd you, be
2: awesome. Can we post
5: it? Yeah, absolutely. For those who are not aware, I uh, in 2006, I ran for governor as a write-in candidate. I was pretty fresh out of the Marine Corps. I was a nobody from Nowheresville that nobody knew and still received nearly 20,000 officially recorded votes as a write-in candidate. Um, then in uh, 2010, I ran for a U.S. Senate in which the Republican Party spent nearly a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, in, in Illinois, we have to deliver 25,000 uncontestable signatures we delivered 38,000 they contested 17,000 spent uh, nearly a quarter of a million dollars and kept me off the ballot by 65 knowing what i know now if i do absolutely decide to run i i'm going to be on the ballot uh and uh it'll be game on then
2: Yeah, definitely keep us uh definitely keep us posted on that. I know the third party candidate uh that I wish I could vote for, uh, for the Green Party, uh, but unfortunately his district is not in mine. Uh now there's a senator one, uh, and that's uh Mayor. Uh you know, I, I may vote for him over Portman, uh, which is actually it's probable <laughs> that I'll vote for him over Portman, uh just to you know, get some Green Party candidates out there, the third party for that matter. Uh, so uh, him and then I uh, wish I could get uh, the other guy, but he's closer to Columbus. So unfortunately, uh, that won't be an option for him. Even though you know the support is the because one of the things he's talking about that they did touch on the Republican convention some uh, was reinvigorating or bringing back uh, and having America first with our space program, which is something that's very important uh, to me. I, I'm really pissed off now. Uh, I can say that at Bard's Logic after dark. Uh, with what Obama did to our space program. But anyway, uh, I digress. We only got a couple minutes left, roughly, we'll to close things out. So let's go ahead. And uh, thank you, Randy. And let's definitely talk off air as well. And I'm going to be getting a hold of Don as well, uh, you know, for uh, the, the signatures uh, for there and then see if there's anything. And perhaps I can help with that. So anyway, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly. Go ahead.
3: Um, yeah, I forgot to tell you something really significant that happened today. Uh, watch the vote. We had this big, long report of problems in California, and I was fortunate enough to receive a call from somebody who, um, he's on a civil grand jury here. And so I mailed him and just boom, here you go, look into this. (laughs) It was so cool. Just very fortuitous. And, um, so, um, hopefully they'll come up with an accusation that's uh California government code 3060 file the accusation with a judge and say, Hey, these election machines. Yeah. We can't use, you don't use them anymore. The judge says yes. And those electronic election machines that are vulnerable to hacking may be rid of in this County. So that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, Randy, it's good to have you again. I'm glad you came on. Um, Gosh, Roger, uh, Robert, go ahead and give them my particulars. You know all I can say is we we are in for a wild ride, uh, watching what happens in the next several months. And I enjoy talking with everybody, even if somebody disagrees with me. Um, so I mean, that, yeah, I mean everybody that's called in and talked tonight. So I guess it's uh, not much more to say.
2: Well, uh, then we'll go ahead and, well, that's just about the amount of time I need to close things out. So definitely thank you, everyone, for coming uh, to the show tonight. And uh, please take the link uh, and just, just share it on your websites, your emails, uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, things of that nature. Uh, at least so they can uh, hear the types of – uh, the folks can hear the types of conversations we have, the content, uh, how we do try to get everyone a fair share. Uh, God, I didn't know I can't believe I used that uh, that term. But at least equal time uh, on air is what I meant. See, so we should give equal uh, airtime uh, to the alternative uh, third parties or liberty parties, whatever uh, you want to call them. Uh, but so we try to do the same thing here on the show. And so I will win tonight as I do every night, and that is by the song from Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com com. So, take care, folks. Good night. And we will talk to you soon. Good night. night. Thanks.